Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. All right, are we recording? I am recording. Red. Can you hear me coming through my actual mic and not my laptop? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sounds All right, good. Here we go then. All right. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. And we have Fred. Hey, guys. Hey, Fred. Hey, Fred. <laughs> Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year's, TT. This is episode number 106, New Year 2018. New Year. Dude, 2018. Are you kidding me? I'm like at work today and I'm going, 2018. I didn't really think I would make like 2010. <laughs> and I'm like, holy cow, 2018. We're like two years away from like 2020. Mm-hmm. I want to know what happened to the ray guns, dude, I was supposed to get in 2000. Or the flying cars. Well, we got that, I guess. Well, where's our hoverboards? Because, like, real hoverboards that we're supposed to have in 2015. I Not the ones that just roll around two wheels and catch on fire. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about real Back to the Future 2 style. I know what you're talking about. That's usually what comes to my mind when somebody mentions hoverboards. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's that new crap now. Like, fake hoverboards. Yeah. <laughs> The fireboards, we should just call them fire. Um, okay, so let's get started. How's everyone's week been? My week, weeks. Uh, right, it's been we're weeks, up actually, and down, huh? dude. Is yeah. it the third week, second week, third week, third week. Yes, yeah, three weeks. Off for two weeks, so yeah, we got three weeks. Nice. It was good, dude. It was like we were talking earlier. You know, I I don't know how you felt about it, but like I I miss doing the podcast, but I definitely feel like refreshed a little bit into coming back and doing it. So I think that the break for me was was definitely well deserved, and you know I took advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I concur with that. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> so do you want me to go? I can go. I don't care who goes. I'll go. All right, as <laughs> usual, Kevin, go, <laughs> dude. So happy New Year's. Uh, Year's. At the end of last episode. I left everybody on a cliffhanger and said I was having surgery done and I had my, my tooth yanked and, uh, I had a, I had like the one, two, three punch, man. I had tooth yanked. I was sick as a dog. I had the flu or something. I don't know. I'm still trying to get over it. I was on call and my wife's aunt passed away like all within 24 hours. It was ridiculous. Oh man. Yeah. So it was, it was rough. A uh, couple of days, but after that first like weekend, you know, I was I was kind of laid up a little bit, and uh, it was my cold was like off and on. I was I spent a lot of time just chilling and uh, trying to get over it. And I'm taking a bunch of stuff, Mucinex and and stuff. But uh, the next week that followed, when we weren't recording, I actually uh, went downstairs and did about you know four days straight working on the 3D printer, just loading up the software that I needed to load. This is the 3D printer that I built mm-hmm. um, as watching a guy on his YouTube channel, uh, Tom Sandlinder or something like that. He's a German guy, and he built a Prusa clone, and it actually came out pretty decent. Um, you know, the first night I had I had issues with loading the software, and you got to set, like, points and how fast you want it to extrude, and it's all Arduino-based, and you're loading up a microprocessor code and all that. That blows my mind that it's it's so insanely like written and detailed 
and it's free. It's like some guy went through the process of, of like getting this whole thing detailed to the point where uh, at one point I was, I was trying to, I just wanted to move it around. So I wanted to see if it would move like X, Y, Z. And that worked out. Okay. So the next thing I wanted to do was see if it would extrude. So I get that, that all hooked up and, you know, I, I start to hit the, and I'm using a program called Pronterface, which is another free program to actually control the 3D printer through the Arduino. And, you know, I'm hitting extrude and nothing's happening and I'm going, what the hell? You know, why isn't this thing extruding? It should be extruding. Well, mm-hmm. there's a safety built in to this free program that it doesn't start to move filament down through unless the, heaters built up or it senses heat in the the nozzle itself okay so i was like jesus i mean this is crazy all these safeties in this free program yeah and so you know night after night i just you know i would have hurdles and i would i would get through them and then the next night i would work on something else and i actually got it to print and i like to use cura because i've used cura on the bloodspot mini that i have and which is all mm-hmm. i have that's my other 3d printer and that seems to work really well with that printer. And, you know, it's specifically designed for that printer. And this is just, you know, your, your no name printer. So there's no like, there's no pre, pre like set, you know, Hey, get to this home position and then take it from there. I kind of like have been leveling it myself and letting it run. So Cura kind of had uh, an issue where it wasn't retracting the filament when it was jumping from point to point. So I was getting a lot of strings. Yeah. And and once I changed to um uh jeez I don't know uh, I was using a program called Slicer instead yep. it was amazing it was night and day difference I could not believe how well that thing was printing oh and I also had an issue with the bed being crazy on level and I have a little bed sensor but I couldn't get that thing working correctly for some reason so I went to Home Depot and I said let me buy a piece of glass eight by ten piece of glass and I'll buy a little okay. glass cutter and I I cut it down myself to fit. And I just taped it on, you know, I was like, it can heat it fine. And then, you know, piece of glass is flat and I'll just go yeah. that route. So I wound up taking the nozzle around, you know, doing the paper thing. And it really didn't take that long. It was like 10 minutes to level the bed up. Right. And then mm-hmm. once I had that all set and started printing, dude, I could not believe this stupid, like, you know, it was like 150 bucks for me to get all the parts and build this stupid printer. And I could not believe it was printing and printing at a pretty good quality. Neat. Yeah, so it was that was pretty amazing, and my my goal with this printer was to buy a 3D lab print plane and print that out just to try that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, going through the whole printer build, you know, there's there's a guy I watch on YouTube who says, you know, even if you're not going to use this, or even if this is something you don't think you use, you always learn from the process of putting it together. So that I kind of learned a lot in the process, and I was like, I remember talking to you, Steve. I was like, I'm ready to build a CNC machine, man. Cause like yeah, this yeah. is, this is pretty easy, you know, once I got it all going. Cause you know, you got your end stops and you got, you said, you tell it how much is an inch and it goes or, you know, how much is 10 millimeters and it goes. And you just, you know, you change your settings, uh, as per that and everything in the, in the machine codes, you know, so to speak. So I purchased a, uh, a 3D Labs print had a plane, the Stearman that I like and they had a sale going on around Christmas time. So I purchased that. It was $24 for the, for the print. And you download all the STL files. So I'm figuring, okay, no problem. I'll take the STL files and I'll run it through Slicer. I didn't read anything. I didn't watch any videos. You know, I, I okay. don't, I just said, let me go see what, I, what, what'll happen. So I think it was the first, the first file I opened up was the tail section, you know, minus the elevator and all the control surfaces and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it had like a hundred thousand errors to it when I brought it into 
slicer and it it sliced it but it had a huge like void missing so i was like what the hell you know it's just gonna print like that and i didn't want to use cura because i know cura is not going to be able to like handle the jumping around that it might have to do you know it's going to leave all those strings and stuff so i i opened up a few more and i was like wow there's a few a few of them were okay like it was slicer was slicing it no problem and then a few of them were had these big gaping holes in them so i got on a website and i posted a couple pictures and i was like you know what's going on after i load it into slicer i got these big holes in it and they said uh they they got back to me pretty quick but they were like please read the the faq you know uh pdf user diagram watch the videos how to properly slice you know the 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 stls slicer is not supported at all which i didn't know there's a difference between sdl sdl files would react to different slicing programs sure and i and i might be getting way out there for some of our listeners but i had no idea you know just this is my experience with it um they said the preferred software is simplify 3d you know and if you want to tinker around you can use matter controller cura with limitations um so i i went to simplify 3d let me see how what you know what's the deal with this program and i don't know if there's a free version you know some of our listeners or fred might even know but that's like a 150 dollar program yeah so now i'm like well i only spent 150 bucks for the parts for the printer and you know i might as well buy a plane if i'm gonna go that route you know yeah if you can spend that much money for sure so what i started to do was uh go through cura and i figured there are some routes that the slicing can take where it's not jumping a lot so i might just go that way um i'm not sure how i'm gonna go about this but uh you know the, the stls are amazingly detailed oh yeah with the triangles and all that but what i don't like about some of the, like i looked at simplify 3d and what i don't like is they're starting to get them to you know what model printer do you have oh well you, here's what here's the presets for that and you know i'm sure there might be a, a other but when they have a good slicing program that only has, you know, specific models built in and I can't like run, Hey, it's my stupid machine that doesn't really have a Z, you know, bump stop or anything on it, you know, or it doesn't have a preset, you know, G code that's going to run through and, and see how level the, the bed is before it starts printing. You know, I just want to set it up and go. Yeah, you- Cause one thing I liked with the blood spot was, okay, it levels the bed, but when you do print after print, I really don't think you need to, have that thing re-level the bed every time you know not every time but i find that it you know every few you definitely want to go back and re-level because uh well you're you're hammered on that thing when you're trying to pry the parts off and stuff and that seems to to make some adjustments on it so yeah yeah and heat and cooling does something to it also but i find that i'm i'm having to re-level every few prints okay so that's where i am with that man um i'm i'm curious to to it's cool that i actually got that thing working and i'm producing like prints with it because that kind of sat dormant for a while and i wasn't sure you know if i was going to finish it or not so it's been pretty cool and other than that steve and i flew on uh a really cold i don't even know what day that was saturday or sunday that that just hurt cold watch oh dude it was like what was it steve like 16 degrees or 18 degrees Maybe yeah, it was in the I thought it was more like day. fourteen or something, but yeah, it was freezing. Yeah, it, it wasn't really even the, the like, it wasn't even the the ambient temperature. It's just the wind. Like as soon as the wind hits you, it just yeah. cuts right through. A little tiny bit of wind, and yeah. you were like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. But yeah, I flew to Oxy three a bunch of times and then crashed it. And uh, I was trying some new stuff. I was like, 
I was flipping it over and then I was TikToking and then I was like just trying a couple of different things and it was way out there and I kind of lost orientation, I think, and did my classic like rescue <laughs> throttle hold help, help. and then right into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it went pretty, it went in pretty fast too. It wasn't like, oh, it's floating down. It was like, oh crap. <laughs> Done. Yeah. 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 Cause I don't know. I'm getting lowered to the ground too with some stuff. I don't know. Yep. I'm having fun with it though, you know? And then yep. the only other thing that, uh, I did relate it to the hobby was um on Sunday, this past Sunday, the uh, RC After Hours guys were doing their live Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, program, their their podcast. They do a live Facebook feed when they record. And uh, me and a bunch of heli guys kind of invaded that chat for a little while. It was pretty cool. We were, we were chatting it up. And, yeah, um, I must have missed you because I, I yeah, was Yeah, you came on later, I, I think. Ah, uh, okay. I was on like the first 15 minutes maybe to like half an hour. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and me and Bill was on. Uh, Ryan Papp was on for a little bit. Chris Breams, I think he watched the whole show. I saw Mike Welch and uh, Andy Rossi came on for a bit. Nice. So it was cool to see those guys, man. And you know, Andre got himself a little fixed pitch, fixed pitch heli, and uh, he was uh, what? What is it, Fred? MSRS. MSR. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the okay. So one of the blade helis. Yeah. Cool. And he got it for like fifty nine dollars, dude nice that's crazy man yeah mm-hmm. he's got the new cat so the cat's been checking it out no oh, yeah <laughs> nice yeah i mean and when i think i paid 39 dollars for the cheap like chinese fixed pitch thing that i had that still flies but it doesn't have safe you know i can't bind it to my radio you know it's like just a cheap little toy thing That that's a pretty awesome deal i think oh yeah definitely so that's steve great- what what have you been up to man <sighs> Where do I start? You got okay. a long list of stuff. Hold on, let me get the popcorn out. This is gonna be a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no. Don't forget where the mute button is because you might forget it so long. All right, so let's see. First, you know, want to wish everyone a happy New Year again. Happy New Year. Um, so happy yeah, New Year. I flew. Uh, I flew with you that week. What it was like two weeks ago or so. Yeah. And the last flight is kind of funny because I just started like, let me see how low I can go. Let me see, you know, just doing front flips. Let me see how low I can go with it. Where, like, you know, before I'm, I'm either crashing or, you know, or whatever. So, I was pretty low. Yeah, I, you know, that was the six S oxy, right? Yep, it was my oxy three stretch six uh, S. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't bumping the skids or the head on the ground or nothing like that. But it felt pretty low. Yeah. And then come around, you know, this past weekend, right? So it's uh, now New Year's weekend so you got your sunday new year's eve and then uh monday which was new year's day and you know we kind of do this like um nanook fly or some people call it freeze fly or you know just like different types of like basically winter flying for the new year so uh, i flew on sunday um both sunday and monday i went to gca so i went to um rob and mike's club nice just because i was only gonna spend a couple hours there and they had the heated, you know, uh, shed. So I was like, uh, yeah, why not? And, and I had some work to do on the Gawi. So I was like, okay, I'll bring it there. I'll get whatever I need done, and then I'll main it. So, yeah, so, boom, Gawi X7 on Sunday. First flight. Started spooling it up. Thing is freaking shaking like it wants to just kill itself. Like, it just hates life. Shaking back and forth violently. And I'm like, okay, that's not right. Okay. All right, let's take a look at it. So I never, I didn't set up the pitch or anything. <laughs> like 
I kind of just made the links all equal and kind of just, you know. Just eyeballed it. Eyeballed, you know, eyeballed zero <laughs> pitch. Eyeballed, you know, positive, negative. Basically ran 80 on the uh, V control, right? The rates, or not the rates, but the um, the throws. So I was like, okay, 80, I'll start there. Um, spool up, still shaking. And I'm like, okay. So Rob, like, kind of goes down. And he's looking at it as it starts to spool up. He's like, dude, your blade tracking is really off. So, okay. Went and we eyeballed the blade track. We didn't have a um, a Soko Heli tool or, uh, you know, um, a, a pitch, pitch gauge. gauge? So, oh, yeah. man. So, it's just, so we just it's, eyeballed it. It's only a 700 size helicopter. Why, why break off the precision <laughs> tools for that? Yeah, you don't need any of that stuff. And it's damn straight. I didn't need it because we eyeballed it, spooled it up. No problem. Took off, kind of shook it out a little, made sure nothing fell off. Flying it around, sport flying, inverted, start doing some TikToks and half periods and stuff just to kind of get, you know, to see if it's holding up. First flight, you know, no problem. Like after we got the shakes out, fixed the blade tracking, if you flew the rest of the pack, it was fine. It was nice. It felt really good. So, okay, charge up the packs again. Let's now start like increasing the head speed and actually doing a little bit of tuning, actual flying, like flying how I fly everything else. So I'm doing some stuff and then I come into where like I do like a, a tail slide and then fly back towards me and then I bank right and then do a tail um a backwards upright hurricane. Okay. Um you know, classic Steve move. I do this like five times in a flight, every flight I ever fly. It's, it's the classic it's like, Steve. You know, it's 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 like embedded in my fingers. Like I do this without thinking, right? Like a splinter. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'm coming back towards myself. I tilt right and I start pulling forward on the elevator. You know, pulling the tail up to initiate my. And I hear a little, you know, tail wag like woo woo woo. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll fly through it. And I hear, <laughs> I'm like, oh nope, that wasn't right. What was that noise? That wasn't right. And then I was like, oh nope, I don't have the tail. The tail's gone. I don't have any tail control. So I'm probably like seventy feet, sixty feet in the air, and I throttle hold it. So it's pirouetting. I throttle hold and it's still pirouetting a little and it starts to lose inertia, but I'm concentrating on like keeping the disc flat, like keeping the helicopter flat. Right. So, so I'm concentrating on that and I'm like, oh wait, I, the blades aren't spinning that quick. Let me, let me give a little negative. And it's only like 30 feet off the ground at that point. And I'm like, negative. Oh shit, it's in the ground. <laughs> I, I never pulled out of it. I never went positive. Oh, or geez. I might have at the point of impact, like it had positive. So, you know, so I kind of, Drove it in, pretty much. To my surprise, though, I didn't break any of the blades. Main blades, tail blades, frames weren't cracked. The damage really was landing gear, just the, the skids, like the what holds the pipes on. Right. The pipes weren't even bent. Um, landing gear, your tail boom bent a little, and the rear, the servo, all all three servo uh, arms broke. So those were sacrificial, and they, they broke um, like it was designed to. It was great. Uh, and then, you know, my tail gears were gone. So, so what I, you know, basically figured out is that, the, you know, the tail gear stripped in flight. Windows stripped. Then I pretty much dumb-dumbed it into the ground. And when I dumb-dumbed it into the ground, really the landing gear got most of the, the grunt. Um, and I guess somehow the inertia also kind of bent the boom a little. It was a very slight bent, but it was enough for me to see it, you know, and I was like, okay, I'm going to replace it. So what stripped the gears? So so that was my question next. The, the, 
the tailbox is pretty much pre-built. I did take it apart to make sure that the the lash, the gear lash, is perfect on it. Right. Um, being a torque tube and and having several um, different gears as it goes from your main main gear to your tail gears, I wanted to make sure that everything was proper. You know, right? So everything from the front perfect, everything in the back was perfect. And, you know, I was talking to a couple of Gawi pilots and stuff um, on the way home, kind of messaging and on Facebook Live and stuff. And, and there, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, you're running the, the black helico gears, you know, the curved ones. And I was like, yeah, that's the ones that came with the kit. And they're like, oh. So one person was like, what color is your canopy? And I was like, white and red. I'm like, oh, and you have the black helico gears? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, you have like a first version kit. They don't even they don't use those gears anymore. The helicopter kits don't even come with the white and red canopy anymore. They're the yellow and red one. Really? So from what I heard is there was a batch of those helical gears that the Delrin wasn't strong. It for you know, I don't know what the, the case was, but it's it was a known issue at the time, um, when this kit first came out, which was, you know, freaking five, six years ago. You know, X seven formulas been out forever right and this is the kit you got from your hobby shop the one that's been yeah. around for a while right it was there for a long time yeah okay well, it was there for a little bit but the person who owned it bought it probably a while ago and he never got to it and then he passed away so his wife was selling all his rc stuff yeah um so yeah i mean that kid could have been sitting in his garage for six years who knows you know it's i think the kit's been out since no probably five years 2012 i think the kit came out okay the formula version. So, you know, so that, that's the cause, right? That's what initiated the, the losing of the tail and, and, and having me to auto it uh, badly into the ground. <laughs> One thing I learned about guys, I'll say right off the bat is it made a pretty loud crunch noise. You can watch the Facebook live video. You'll hear it crunch into the, into the weeds. Yeah. And the amount of damage, it's so superficial. I mean, we're talking about, a tail boom, couple sets of gears, and landing skids and servo arms. Now, I'm going to replace the torque tube, even though a lot of folks are like, yeah, don't worry about the torque tube. Just reuse it. It's not that bad of a bend. You can reuse it. Um, there, are, You know, folks are like, you know, if you don't, like, just replace the tail gears and your landing skids and your arms and you should be fine. But, I'm, you know, just to be on the safe, I want to replace, like, the crown and the front pinion gear, the, the front torque tube gear. And, and just kind of, you know, and I bought like two sets of landing gears. So my shopping cart is like 70 bucks plus shipping or 75 plus shipping. Wow. And it's two sets of landing gears, a set of booms. So it comes with two booms, a whole brand new torque tube with the bearings and everything. Um, servo arms I had. I have the SAB one, so I'll use those. The, the, the back gears, the tail box gears, the tail gears, they come in two sets, two full sets. So you get your, your pinion looking one and the crown looking one. You get two of those. Wow. And then the fronts also come in twos. So I'm going to, oh, let me see. Is it twos or? So, sounds almost like oxy parts. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it kind of reminded me of. So I, I was like, it's like it's oxy or blade. You know, those companies that where you buy, buy a part and you get more than one. Yep. So basically, I you know for seventy bucks, so let's just say eighty bucks shipped, right? I'm gonna have basically another crash worth of parts. You know, if it's a similar crash, like gears and maybe a tail boom landing gear, you know. Yeah. You're only gonna get one of those. One of what? One one replacement kit. 
You're all yeah, yeah, it's fine for now. Because I'm, I'm not even 100 percent sure I'm going to keep this heli. You know, this is kind of my, my little initial taste into Gawi helicopters. So I, I was, you know, I don't want to go fully invest in like crazy amount of parts order like I do when, with my Oxys and other helis. So, I mean, to me, a 700 crash usually is like three to five hundred dollars. So if I'm getting away with it for seventy bucks, that's amazing. Yeah, that that's amazing, is right. Yeah, the the blades didn't crack. Nothing wrong with the blades. None of the links broke. You know, like I was I was actually pretty amazed that it wasn't a lot worse than I thought. I mean, even the canopy had like one little paint chip and like a couple little paint chips around where the um, you know, the servo arms and everything, like all your rods come out of your your head, right? That part had a little bit of chipping paint. And then there's one chip on the side of it, like towards the back where the, the canopy mounts to. And that was it. Like you wouldn't even be able to tell, especially in the air, you wouldn't be able to tell any damage. And Fred, these aren't like cheap parts either, man. I went over to Steve's house at one point after we got done flying and he showed me the kit and he was telling me that everything is CNC machined. I mean, it, it just looked yeah. gorgeous, oh. that kit. Yep. So it's not cheap stuff, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's incredible, man. That they can offer that up. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. And everything I notice about the kit is like, quote unquote, fully upgraded. Like it's not like you buy a kit and you're like, oh, look at that. There's a plastic tail lever. Okay, I could upgrade that to a Lynx one or, or you know, maybe an aftermarket um, from the same company. No, everything is metal. Everything is like anything that you would think to upgrade a helicopter later on that you do with, say, a blade heli or. Or, you know, even Goblins or any other brand. Right. It's already there. It's already has everything. That's impressive. It's impressive. And the amount, you know, and I just couldn't believe that that crash wasn't a couple hundred bucks. I just couldn't believe it. Like, you know, you hear in the video, I'm like, I kind of sigh pretty big. I'm like, ah. Oh. Because <laughs> the, the moment that it went in, I wasn't thinking about, like, the time it's going to take to fix it. It's just like, shit, I got a flight and a quarter, and now it's like a $300 bill. You know, I like my wife, you know, <laughs> so like that part was like, OK, but no, it was good. I, I'll take it for sure. 80 bucks or less um, and have spare parts. I'll take it. Dude, that's incredible because last year, the same time is when I had the tail go on my 690 where I think I got a flight and a quarter in and yeah, almost yeah. exact mm-hmm. same thing. I was going left yeah. to right and my tail went and it, it tooled around and up at that same field okay so i won't be maidening anything up there in the winter time <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean to, you know to my thing it's like if 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 i knew that those gears were bad i would probably replace them and not main it you know yeah um but no one knew i had them and you know it's just it is what it is so it's not a big deal that's awesome that you got you know help from the community and feedback from them real quick yeah right away during the live feed yeah that that's awesome man yeah the other thing i liked about the helicopter well about the electronics i chose for it is i'm running the scorpion tribunus 130 amp the new 130 amp the one that we spoke about on the last episode with andy yeah um that so the 130 amp you know a lot of people would be like wait that's too small for a 700 at least for a, a 700 you plan on you know, smacking around in 3D. Now, granted, my first flight wasn't very, I wasn't very heavy on everything, and I didn't have, like, I had a little, I had low, I didn't have enough pitch dialed in, so I, I, you know, the second flight definitely dialed in more pitch and stuff, but, I mean, even if I was running 10 degrees of pitch, I went 
many times full collective. I did TikToks. I did Piro flips into like a half Piro or Mobius into a Elrond TikTok. Like I've, I did moves that would draw amps and I pulled 80 amps. Nice. Yeah. So even if I push harder and maybe pull 100, 110, 120 even, you know, it might be very similar with my Goblin Black Thunder. I don't pull more than 110 amps, 120 peak. And these are peak ratings. So who knows yeah. how long I'm in there for, like two seconds, a yeah, second, yeah. you know? Yep. I'm in, I peak at that 130 and come back down or whatever. So I think the, the Tribunus 130 is going to work out for me. It is a tiny ESC for 130 amp. It is really nice. George knows how to make an ESC. And I got to say, by far, the best part about that ESC is the V-Control integration. All right. I plug it in. I make my little cable. It's a satellite cable to a ser- uh, servo connector, right? Because the Neos take a satellite and, uh, you know, and then the ESC has like a servo lead out, right? That has a three regular JST pins or whatever you call them. Right. Um, so you make your own cable and... And supposedly, I was watching like Bobby Watts' video and Kyle Dahl's video, and they're like, you know, you have to plug it into a computer and set it for V-Control protocol. I don't know. I just like, eh, let me plug in and see what happens. <laughs> I didn't even know. I had the Scorpion software on my V-Control already. Uh, I must have loaded it last time. I had it plugged in because um, probably a couple months ago now. Yeah. And it was great. I was like, went to it. Oh, look at that. Application. Boop. Oh, Scorpion. Boop. Go in there, and I set everything up, and that was it. Oh, that's freaking awesome, man. It took me literally five minutes. It took me longer to understand the warning setup, like how to set up for um, when you lose. Like, so I set it up when I use 4,000 capacity of my 5,000 pack, then it automatically drops um, power to 70%. So it will decrease the power, and that'll tell me I need to land because I'm already hitting um, the 20% remaining on my pack. Oh, that's freaking crazy, man. Yeah. Guess, guess, and this is how like ingrained I am about like helicopter setup and stuff that like I didn't even think about it. But when I first got the AC, I mounted it. I was so excited. I mounted it up. I soldered a UI sensor on it. I look at the AC and I'm like, wait a minute. Why am I soldering a UI sensor? So I unsolder right. it because it's already built in with the integration. I have all my telemetry. Showing the voltage, milliamps used, everything. Oh man, that is completely badass, dude. It really is. It, it's it's incredible. Like, I mean, look at me with the oxy. I know it's not the sim. It's similar in a way because, like, I have the two oxys, right? And I brought the one yeah. out to the field. I brought them both out to the field, and I forgot my Hobbywing programmer. So now I could fly the oxy that I just had set up the stretch. But I don't know if it's going to fly right because I can't get in the ESC to program it. I can't program yeah. it like the other one, which flies yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, that is crazy, dude. That's so well needed, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know why any of the other ESC companies aren't doing it. Like Hobbywing, especially. They're big, right? Hobbywing. Yeah. A lot of people fly Hobbywing. A lot of people fly Castle. Why not integrate it into V-Control or any other radio system? It doesn't have to be just V-Control. Right, right. Uh, one of the cool things is, too, with the programming is that you set up your gear ratio in the Hobbywing ESC setup portion. And yes. then when you go to and then you go to your governor and go VBAR gov, it imports all your settings. It imports your gear ratio, your motor pole, everything. So then that's all set up for you already. Like, it, you know, you don't have to set it up again. You don't have to do it twice. Nice. Yep. And then all you do is set your head speed and go. It's it's great. That is I, really I'm cool. I'm thoroughly impressed with that integration. It is 
fully integrated. Like, plug it in and just do your setup. Don't have to ever plug. I never plugged into a computer at all. I didn't even. My laptop's been sitting in the room and, you know, I always work in the garage. So That's awesome, man. So that was Sunday. <laughs> so Monday comes around. So it's now 2018. It's January 1st. Um, I brought three helis to the GTA field. I brought my Oxy-3 Stretch. I brought the uh, Mini Comet. And I brought my Goblin 700. That's that's my go-to, you know. Yeah. First flight, Oxy-3. Yeah, I always start small and kind of work my way up. Uh, Oxy-3. And I'm like, I'm going to skip bump this thing. Oh, so I'm on, that's like basically what I'm working on is front flip. How low can I go before I pull out, you know, pull negative and pop it um, from hitting the ground, oh, man. you know, and then from inverted, flip it again. And then like a couple of times I'm like, I'm literally smacking a helicopter into the ground, into the snow. <laughs> I was oh, so aggressive God. with it. I was just like, whatever, you know, it's, <laughs> I think, I think partly in my mind was like, I haven't crashed this heli in a while. <laughs> so, oh, and I have, I have a whole box full of parts, so I don't care. So yeah, I was skip bumping like crazy. Um, so that was fun. And then there's these tall weeds, and the second flight there's tall weeds, and Rob standing next to me, and I'm just like, I'm gonna uh, how how uh you know how thick do you think those weeds are? They're like, well, the parts over there are pretty thick, but that stuff should be pretty light. I'm like, okay, so I'm flying, and I just fly right into it, <laughs> and I pull out. Yes, you know, that, that video is crazy, and, man. And then I start flipping into it and trying to flip into it and flip into it, and there's two times where I'm upright, and the helicopter disappears in the the weeds and then pops out, and yeah. then. The other time was inverted and it disappears completely for like, you know, a half a second. But it felt like forever, you know, when you see it disappear completely and then pop back up. It's like, whoa. Yeah, that was nuts, man. I was like, holy crap. I was watching that video. That was that was crazy. Yeah, it was it was so much fun. Like, I mean, I just it was like I couldn't stop laughing. You know, (laughs) me and Rob were just like freaking giggling like. You know, so it's just hilarious. Yeah, Rob was giggling so much that he didn't do his typical "do it again, do it again." You know, he yeah, was, yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. like he was laughing so hard. Yeah, I could tell. Uh, and then the last time, you know, I was coming like I did a big forward flip where it's kind of like a, a half circle, and then I swoop in and try to go inverted, cutting, you know, cutting the, the weeds as I was coming, but it snagged on the on the weeds. And and really, what I think happened as soon as it hit. It just dropped into it. And I was like, okay. So I go up there and it looked okay. I put it down on the ground and I spool it up and the motor was spinning, but nothing else. So I was like, oh, okay. I probably stripped the gear or maybe, you know, the pinion fell off or something weird. Um, no, I, I broke the motor shaft. <laughs> um, yep. Not a big deal. The motor shaft's like seven bucks shipped. Yeah. So not, I'm not really worried about that, but it was just funny. And, and I was like, oh, damn, where did the pinion go? Let me see if I can find a pinion. And I'm looking, looking. No, can't find it. I go back into the shed. And I'm like, what's that noise inside the heli? <laughs> the pinion was just in there, floating around in the little, like, by the motor and stuff. Oh, the man. Motor and you so got that lucky. came out. I'm like, I, I still got the pinion. It still had the seat clip on the motor shaft. Oh, jeez. It, it was hilarious. Nice. Uh, yeah, I got. Yeah, so. I have a couple standby shafts and, uh, and a pinion. At least one or two. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're breaking those... Uh, Almost like every other week or every week for a little while. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't know what you were doing. Driving <laughs> it in under power. <laughs> and then one final news is my Oxy 4 is here. 
Yay. So for all those folks that, you know, I hinted about getting a new helicopter and this and that. Um, it wasn't a Gowie, even though it's a new helicopter. Um, but it was the Oxy-4. Nice. Yes. And today I have a couple of finishing things to do about setup, like setting up the pitch and zero stick and all that stuff. I got my Hobbywing 60 amp in today. I got it installed and I started the Neo setup. It's all built already. Sweet. Um, I'm going to be publishing. This is Tuesday when we're doing a record. But so today uh, I'm going to be publishing the what's in the kit video that I made. Describing all the parts real quick. Just kind of doing an overview of what's in the box. And then I have a build video that I'm going to um, stitch together and edit together and, and get that going. Cool. So, yeah, it's going to be ready to fly for this weekend. So now I know you said that the kits are available on other sites. Do you have any idea when they'll be available from like Link's Oxy site, the main site? Um, yeah, I'm not sure when it's going to be on Link's site, but I know the other U.S. retailers have them um, either have them in stock or not in stock. I mean, have them on their website for pre-order. Right. And should get them in stock real soon. So the official release date of the Oxy 4 is January 20th. Okay. So that's when it's going to be basically um, before then, all the retail stores should have theirs so they could ship it out and have it hopefully at your door by in around the 20th. Okay. That's going to be awesome. You know, just to talk quickly about the helicopter, the Oxy 4, it's. A lot of it's been redesigned from the beta version. A lot of it looks redesigned from the Oxy 3 and Oxy 2. But a lot of it looks very similar. So it's kind of hard to like describe. Like, you know, it has the same type of battery mount system, you know, um, your lower frame, like your, you know, your landing gear system is exactly the same as the Oxy 2. You know, the, the tail box is very similar to an Oxy-3 and an Oxy-2. It's like a lot of the stuff is very similar. The tail boom is that, you know, rounded off rectangle or square. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yep. You know, so there's no tail boom supports, anything like that, just like the Oxy-3 uh, and 2. So when you look at it from a little distance, it's ex- it looks almost the same. It looks like they just took an Oxy-3 or an Oxy-2 and blew it up to be an Oxy-4. But when you actually look at the way that just – the way everything is like, I mean, the server layout's the same, but if you look at like the way they do the frames, it's kind of more rounded and different shaped a little. The gear in the the back pulley is a lot bigger. And it's a different way of building it. It's not a one piece thing now. You actually have to put the gear on the, the tail shaft. A couple of the things are way different. The the it's like a semi gloss black finish on the the aluminum stuff anodized stuff it looks really nice it, it's, it's you know it's not like shiny but it's not dull either it's not like a matte finish so it's it's nice um, i'm curious to know how it's gonna fly but i know when luca did his videos they i mean nothing is like a direct ex, you know building a bigger version of the oxy 2 it's not that it, it might look like it but everything was redesigned the cg the way the server layouts and everything. It's its kind of been moved around, tweaked with a couple of their pro pilots like Rasmus too, who took it and said, okay, we need to do this. We need to drop the motor a little and give it a bit lower CG on the, you know, 
on the head and stuff like that. So it's it looks really cool though. And the parts count is quite low. Just like the Oxy three and the Oxy two. Um I think I have my airframe built within one night. Oh and nice. then, then electronics was like another night, you know, and then I had to wait for an ESC motor because the ESC motor I was planning on putting in was from the Goblin three eighty and would not fit. It's way too big. So it uses a twenty two size uh a uh, twenty six, sorry, twenty six size stator, uh, on the motor. So twenty six eighteen, I think I have, or twenty six something like that. I have an X Nova motor, and then the hobby wing. I wanted to put an eighty amp because that's what I had in three eighty, but no, it wouldn't fit that. So it would just wouldn't fit in physically in the airframe. So I had to do a, a hobby wing sixty amp, which is the recommended that you know that Oxy recommends. So I'm still using micro servos on the cyclic. You can use a micro or a mid-sized servo in the tail because it's kind of like the Protos and the other uh, lines and stuff where they had the tail, um, the tail servo on the tail boom, so you can kind of slide those two mounts um, oh, okay. in or out, make them different sizes. It, it's a nice kit. It went together really well. Um, it still used the 1.5 millimeter screw heads, like the heads were 1.5, but the screws were bigger. So I'm not sure the thought on that. I, I feel like the 1.5s are too kind of on the small side for the uh, 400 class, 450 size class heli. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's for weight saving. You know, you take all the screws and save a couple grams if you make them a little bit smaller on the head, you know. But I feel like longevity wise, I might strip those screws out. So I have my trusty 1.65 millimeter for anything I strip out. That'll grab, you know, for anything that gets rounded out. So, dude, my main concern with this kit is do they ship the push rod inside for the tail inside the boom? You're going to have to watch my build video, oh, but boy. I'll give you a hint. Yes, they do. Oh, crap. <laughs> okay. Yes. I got to look out for that. Yes. Uh, the belt is different on this one, too. I noticed it looks like it's a, a Kevlar reinforced belt. Okay. So normally it's like you have the rubber belt with like, you know, it's like um, reinforced fibers inside, right? It has the strands inside. Um, This one looks like it has the strands inside, but also has like a Kevlar finish on the tooth side. So where, you know, it hit your tail drive gear in the front and then your tail pulley in the back. It has that. Um, But yeah, it's it's a really nice kit. Um, I did get the optional stretch kit with it. So... Right now, it's a 325 millimeter main blades. It's a, you know, on a traditional 450 size heli right now. But I'm gonna, you know, do a couple of flights on it, maybe a weekend or two weekends with the 325. Then I have the, it's a DFC head, so I have the conversion from DFC to a traditional fly barless head with the following arms. Okay. I can install, and then I have the stretch kit, which the stretch kit is nice. It comes, um came to me in a Lynx upgrade, like, you know, that you would get. But it was the tail boom, the push rod, the belt, and a couple, like, you know, pieces for mounting um, all in the bag together. So it was like the stretch kit. And then I had a tail pulley separate that you can speed up the tail for a little more tail authority or so. Nice, dude. And then. No, and then. And then, uh, yeah, I got two 50 millimeter blades with that, too, so. This should be interesting to to give it a 360 size, see how that flies. Cool. Or a whole bunch of batteries. Oh, what size battery does that take? So I think a 1250 Pulse 3545C pack would be perfect. 3S? I bought a uh, 6S. 6S, okay. 
I bought a bunch of 1050s because I wanted to be, well, first I wanted more batteries for my Oxy 3 because, I, you know, between my Oxy 3 and, and Mini Comet, I share packs and I only had three packs. Yeah. I had two 1250s and one 1050. Realistically, the Oxy 3, the 1050s are the right size for that, Heli. So, um, so I bought four more 1050 Pulse packs because I thought I could, you know, like before I get the helicopter, I was like, oh, let me just buy these. If they fit the Oxy 4, great. If they don't, then um, I'll just use, uh, you know, I bought two batteries off of uh, Shaggy. He had a couple of pulse packs used. Um, he said very low cell, you know, cycle count. It's a 1250 pulse and a 1350 pulse that I'm going to try. Um, I think he used it on his 450L T-Rex, which is very similar size to this. So, yeah. so I figured okay. that would work. So I think the 1250, I think it recommended like 1,000 to 1,200 success packs. So, you know, I'll, I'm going to give a shot with those and see what happens. Who knows about flight time and stuff? I'll, I'll figure that out. I do have a UI sensor on it. So right off the bat, I'll be able to um, set my timer via the, you know, milliamps consumption um, used, you know? Yeah. So I'll know, like, how long of a flight I'm going to get for the batteries that I'm using. So, so it should be cool. Can't wait, man. This weekend. Got to mean it. Better come cool. out. I'll come out. I'll sit in the heat. <laughs> so Fred, what have you been up to? Besides yeah, freezing. What? what? Huh? Yeah, you're you've been we've been whooping with a whooping, whooping cough or or whooping some ass or what, what, what kind of whooping have you been doing? It's kind of like helicopter flying, but not. Um <laughs> it's it's a it lot takes less off like a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> it does That's do some it? vertical flight. So uh the 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 whoops is the the tiny whoops. It's these little sub micro micro quadcopters if you've seen the blade inductrix it's yep. variations on that yep and it's a hopped uh, up version of that yeah hopped up version of that so i i've been uh using that as an excuse to go out and you know fly in different places i i went out to a clay pit recently that is uh the way it's eroded it looks like the the canyons and buttes about southwest united states yes i and saw that so, i saw your picture so I, I'm taking the tiny whoop and I'm flying through these these little canyons. I, you know, I'm walking through them myself. The canyons are, are, you know, like chin high. So it's not exactly these big places. Um, but it looks it on the camera. It looks kind of cool. And uh, so I, I went from there and I went to another place to film a, a, a different video for uh, YouTube. And it's, a, it's some local springs. And what was really neat to me about that place is the limestone has eroded away kind of similar to the canyons but you know it's all moss covered and this you, you're going along and it's just the water's just coming flat out of the ground there's a, all of a sudden there's a stream where the you know right out of the side of the hill and it turns into a full you know three four foot wide you know clear stream going down the you know through the woods so that was another place i thought was fun to fly and uh that was going well until i managed to hit a tree and drop the whoop into the water well oh. Now I bom, bom, bom. <laughs> yeah oh yeah it was bad the uh, FPV video went straight to static and so I'm thinking oh heck it's it's fried the funny thing is I pulled the as soon as I pulled it out of the water the FPV feed started back up oh jeez yeah nice. the water was clean enough that it didn't cause any issues as far as you know shorten any electronics out I quickly unplugged it threw it on the dash let it dry out and it was able to fly it again but I didn't quite trust enough to go out over the deep water again. Now, are those brushless motors? No, those are all little brushed motors, so they've got a very short lifespan to them anyways. Uh, uh, they stay about 8 to 10 hours of actual flight time. 
uh, but they're dirt cheap. They are, are they are making some brushless motor uh, tiny whoop sized quadcopters now, and uh, it it blows me away. For me, you know, this time a year ago, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that we'd have quadcopters that small carrying FPV cameras, and you know, here here we are with brushed you know brushless uh, quadcopters going into 2018. That's that's tiny whoop size. And the price is just like unbelievable. Oh yeah, I, I can put one together for about seventy bucks. Yeah, that's crazy. Now the brushless, you're up around a hundred, I guess, a hundred ten. But still, you know, I mean, think five years ago that that would have been hundreds of dollars. Yeah, that would have been five hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean, for something that small, it's uh, well, heck, you couldn't even do it five years ago, two, three years ago. You know, some of that stuff. Uh, would have been out of the price range. You wouldn't be able to afford it. And uh, it's crazy what they've been able to shrink and, and make higher quality of. That's amazing. Yeah, because you sent those those links, uh, what was a couple podcasts ago, man, and I remember looking at all that stuff going, I couldn't believe how, like, first of all, how small everything is, and then the price. It's like 20 bucks for this, $15 for that. You know, yeah. that was crazy. Well, the most expensive component on it is the flight control board, which is a power distribution board, which is also the integrated, you know, receiver for the transmitter that you're using. So you can do FR Sky or you can do DSMX, and uh, you know it's all, it's all integrated into one thing. You just plug and you literally just plug the motors into ports on the board, no soldering or anything, just connect it up. Well, that's nice. awesome. And then a lot of them have plugs where if you got the the right plug on the on the camera, you just plug the camera and the video transmitter in, and it's powering off the board. Yeah, it's and those are that that whole board is like 35 40 bucks. So, that's the most expensive component in the whole build. Frames are 4 bucks. Motors are, you know, heck that you, you you buy a set of four motors and you get two frames thrown in for like 10 bucks. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I saw a video of a guy had rings like set up around his apartment up high and he was flying through them. He had like a little course set up, but it was all up high. It was really cool in this small little apartment. Oh down, yeah, down the hall and spinning around and on Facebook. I, I, uh, I took advantage of the post Christmas sales, and I haven't tried setting it up yet. But I bought a whole stack of Christmas lights, and uh, I want to put a little night course out in the backyard with them. Oh, cool! Nice. So I had a lot of fun doing the uh, the local town Christmas lights flying around and that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to try to set something similar up in the backyard here. I mean, the all the Christmas stuff was on sale for half off or seventy five percent off. So I just bought a bunch of lights. Nice, yeah. Home Depot had like seventy five percent like the lights that were normally like five, six bucks for like a dollar and a half or whatever. Yeah. 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 So I mean you buy five packs of lights for the price of one almost and you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really go to town with it. But yeah, I, I other than the tiny whoop stuff, that was pretty much the majority of my RC since last spoke with you guys. I, I still haven't made in my I got a Mamba ten I picked up and I've got my B twenty six I still haven't put in the air. Oh, right, yeah. Also, your FPV helicopter, right? So, we didn't get that going? Yeah, we have well, um, New Year's <laughs> Revolution. Uh, so, it, and it's stupid because there's no reason for me not to. I, I can slap one of these micro um, FPV cameras onto that, that blade and, and they wouldn't even feel it. So, oh, yeah. Definitely. And the quality that's coming out of them now is amazing. In fact, the, uh, the new Runcam micro, I want to try that out. I haven't had a chance to really put that through its paces yet. I'm just putting it into the Gremlin tonight. I'm kind of looking forward to that. It's so crazy the technology, man. It just it, like I'll go to Flight Fest 
this year and you know you, you'll go down to ready-made rc and you'd be like what is this and oh this does all that stuff and you're like you just you're like oh man you know i've been concentrating on one specific side or you know helis and airplanes and not doing anything with multi-rotors and you, like six months later everything's completely changed just so sure. amazing yeah well and, and <laughs> you're talking about the 3d printing earlier i'm looking at them and, the, and they're doing multiple nozzle as far as the the you know injecting the filament yeah and yeah so mm-hmm. yeah some of the guys are using it for you know multiple colors into one print so you can do it all up in that but then i saw something recently where they're they're doing water soluble filament so where that helps is if you're doing some sort of a 3D print that you need bridging to mm-hmm. help support an overhanging piece, yeah. well, right now you're having to break it out with a pair of pliers and, and twist and break, and, and you're messing up the finish of your print. Well, if all you have to do is dump it in a tub of water and it melts the, the filament away and you just have the actual uh, print itself. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's really impressive, man. I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen the multi-filament extruder, like one extruder, but multi-filaments, and you know they they clean themselves in between the the colors and all that. It's just getting, uh, it's just man. The ideas that are popping up are are amazing, man. Yeah, the 2018 is going to be interesting. I'm looking to see what this next year holds. Yeah. All right, let's go into our main topic here. But let's see here. Uh... 2017 questions, if any. I don't get what that means. Well, like I put, what was the coolest thing you saw in RC in 2017? I don't know if anybody else had any other questions like that. Like, coolest fun fly you went to or what? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Coolest fun fly of 2017. Ah, it's so hard. Yeah, that's so a many. tough one. I was Wait. just using that as an example. That's a tough one. Um, I'll throw one in. My first one I went to as a kind of on the scene correspondent for Freefall RC is uh, mm-hmm. that glider one I went to at Hodges Hobbies. Yep, Hodges, yep. That that was pretty cool. Um, although I did get to go to Flight Fest South, and that was, I mean, that was humbling. That, that was a great experience. Um, nice. The, the big glider, the giant glider one was kind of, that was kind of cool. No, I can I can see how Flight Fest South was uh, pretty good. I just, just your recap, Fred, I could tell, you know, like, you weren't. You were doing your own thing. You were helping out and really enjoying yourself, man. Oh, the the people there were awesome. I mean, yeah. it's it just so cool getting. The, I mean, I don't want to make a whole other episode about that, but um, you know, the families watching the parents and, and getting the kids into it, and then them getting excited about it. Yeah, that was awesome for me. So I'd, I'd love to see more of that. Um, you know, there's a lot of complaints about the hobby dying off, uh, but watching that next generation get excited was that. And I mean, you saw it at Flight Fest South. You actually. Got to see these young kids that were just very excited about, it and the parents that were they're encouraging it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think I, you see that at every flight fest, really. I mean, yeah, the amount of kids running around just like so enthusiastic about the hobby—it's it's amazing. But I think Fred had a different ex- perspective on it, only because he wasn't racing around as the volunteer in the first couple of years doing all that. You know, sure. Yeah, he, he was working at his own pace. Yeah, I was going to say what. Kevin just said for me. Sorry, Fred. <laughs> uh, that was just from my point of view. Yeah, no, that's exactly it, though. Um, you know, it, it was definitely a different perspective. You know, working through the store, I mean, put me in contact with a lot of people. Um, but not being the volunteer coordinator going out, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely was a different event for me completely. Nice. Cool. Uh, let's see here. Coolest thing I saw in 2017. 
I think one of the really, I mean, you know, I, I know it's like the last event I went to, but OHP, even though the weather was terrible, you know, it was really awesome to see some awesome pilots from all over the world. Like, normally you see the pilots that are awesome, but they're more local, right? Um, but it was nice to see, like, pilots from Europe and stuff um, come and fly and, and, you know, just throw down and have fun. So that was that was fun. As far as, like, I don't know, the Scorpion ESC, that whole integration really impressed me. I thought it was really cool. Uh, so that's something I hope more companies um, jump on the bandwagon for. Yeah. And work with these companies and integrate everything. Never need You should never need to hook up a computer ever again to an RC model. It should be all done with the things that you buy that you're flying with. Your transmitter, you know, maybe a programming card. That's okay. I don't mind that so much, you know, maybe for an initial setup, but everything should be integrated. It should be your one transmitter, your programming, everything. I was impressed with the OHB, and I'm glad I had a chance to stop by, you know, definitely see what that was all about. Definitely just see what that was firsthand, even though it was similar to a lot of other events I went to in the way it was just laid out. But Mm -hmm. just to see, like, everybody there was, was like, people we've had on the show. I mean, I got a chance to shake Justin's hand and George's hand, you know, and just sure. see every see the whole family, man. It was great. See Frank and Chris. Yeah. And uh it was it was pretty impressive, man. Especially the scale stuff. That just blew yeah. my mind cuz that's something you don't see every weekend. Chinook? The Chinook it's and the guy that was flying oh all of that large stuff down to one end. Yeah, that was just Yep, yep. crazy, man. Really impressive to see. But I had wrote what was the coolest thing you saw in RC in 2017, I, maybe I shouldn't have phrased it that way, but I think one of the coolest things I saw in RC and it's helicopter related is, um, was, uh, Frank doing and, and those guys, the hangout doing the, uh, the raffles, man. You know, that was, um, that was yeah. pretty cool. That was just like, and dude, that and, was awesome. And it was, it was really cool. Just for, yeah, for what they're providing, you know. And uh, for that guy, Lynn, to offer up the, the helicopter he won that we could raffle off, you know? Yep. That Total was 380. Yep. That was really cool, too, man. I mean, just yeah. so many great people in the hobby, man. And it sucks. I can't believe it's like it sucks that one person kind of basically ruined that whole um, raffle thing. Oh, I didn't hear the story. So, yeah, it was one person. One person was complaining. Oh, I shouldn't have complained. No, no, no. <laughs> <I'm coming. laughs> He he makes your complaining look like, you know, <laughs> a walk in the park. I mean, like, people are okay to have their own opinions about things. Um, I think it sucks when it takes a good thing and and makes it go away because of it. But, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I spoke to Frank and Chris about it. Like, the raffle stuff was great. Um, they do miss it. There was a lot of excitement, and it brought a lot of excitement into the hobby. It did. Um, but... You know, it wasn't something that they were going to do forever anyway. So, you know, it is what it is. Yep. It's totally cool, man. I'm glad they did it. Yeah, 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 definitely. And it's still, it's actually still going on. Other, other people have, uh, um, sort of picked up that, that torch for, for the raffles. So, you know, if it's cool. something you want to do, it's still, sort it's still out there. Nice. Cool. All right. So what are the questions we have here? What lesson was learned in 2017? Hmm. The lesson of you know, check check your boom for uh you know torque rods or push rods, uh, stuff like that. I Anything learned that I can still be a man and turn around and yell out help help help. 
<laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Spend the money, take the trip. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you I know don't... one one lesson I learned, and we spoke about it last episode. Um, is you know when you go to a fun flight, don't bring everything. Yeah, it's not yeah. worth it. Yeah, I, I, I learned you know? that going to flight fest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Very you know, true. it's just it's it's cool to have the option of flying any everything you have. But, you know, I think eventually versus the reality. Well, no, I mean, what happens is, as at least for me and Kevin, at least I mean, at least for me, I don't know if if I should talk for Kevin, but (laughs) it's, you know, at first it was all about I want to fly. I want to fly. I want to go to these fun flies. I want to fly. Now it's like I want to go there and I want to fly, but I want to hang out. I want to bullshit with people. I want to go out to dinner. I want to have a drink with someone, you know, like like it's other things beyond just. The aspect of of the RC flight, right? That um, that I'm interested in doing too. So it's not all about like siloing yourself, like I did when, like me and Anthony, or even you and I, Kevin, when we went to like South Jersey for the first time. Like we just kind of stayed to ourselves and flew. Yeah, and we were flying a lot. We flew back to back. Even Flight Fest. Well, no, Flight Fest was different. I felt like I met so many people in Flight Fest that first year and every year since. You know. Yeah, well, Pixler says it all the time, you know, you make memories. Uh, and it, it's true, man. It's like, you know, you can fly that 315th flight on that model or you can hang out and talk to somebody. I mean, flying's great, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to remember the conversation, I think, a lot more. And, you know, uh, yeah. I, I certainly do. Yeah, and I mean, I, and it's not just a conversation. I remember most of it. It's, it's like the, the experience itself. Yeah, And it could yeah. be with experience of like having someone you know that i just met spot me and and well you know or i'm flying or i'm spotting someone who's fly that you know i just kind of met it's it's like flying can be part of the the excitement and the experience but it doesn't have to be that i no. realized so that's one thing i kind of learned with that that don't don't go and bring a thousand models and and be like I'm gonna have forty flights. Like who cares? Who the hell cares how many flights you get at that fun flight? No one does, you know. But the but you taking the time to talk to a bunch of people and have some laughs and maybe break bread with someone like they'll remember that. That's yeah. more of something, you know. That's more uh, on a human level, right? Like beyond just like I want to show off my piloting skills because you know what you might think you're good but someone's definitely better at that fun fly oh, than yeah. you are so <laughs> you know so that that's not a reason to, to you know really want to go it's it's really the people it really comes down to the people so and i would say that at chris roberts fun fly bill learned not to poke the bear or slam tables or slam <laughs> tables oh man <laughs> sorry bill love you bill <laughs> anyways um yeah what would you, Fred? What What would you say was the lesson learned in 2017? Well, like I said, you know, take the trip. I I talked about on the um, uh, the community cast podcast a little bit about a story where I uh, had a friend that I used to hang out with at some of the flying events yeah, and Hodges, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he passed away, and I realized that you know, here was this opportunity that I've lost. I I, I was always I was always going to go hang out with those guys again, you know, and and um, there comes a certain point where that opportunity isn't there anymore. And so yeah. I, uh, that, that was my big lesson this year. Go out, go out and take the trip. You know, don't say, ah, I can wait till next year. I'll, I'll get the next one. It might not be that next one. 
you know, so yeah. that, that was, that was my big lesson this year. Yeah, man. And that's a huge lesson. Sure. Cause I can definitely say that I've said that now yeah, I'll go to the next one or I'll wait till the next one. But you know, a lot of times I, I'm like, uh, you know, I could go, but, but then it's like when I get there, I'm having a blast. So it's like, yeah, do it, man. Mm-hmm. You, know, you come up with all the excuses. Well, I can't take time off from work or I can't, I don't feel like driving that far or whatever it is, but you know, none of that stuff matters once you get there. You know, yeah. you get there, you have the good time, you meet up with the friends and family and, 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 you know, the folks that you're, you're look forward to hanging out with, you know, work will be there when you get back. You know, yeah, trust totally. me. Yes. Yep. The, mm-hmm. the drive, you know, the drive back, you get to, to think about all the stuff that you did. that was fun and the good times you had. So, you know, that it's, uh, you know, take the trip. Go out and see the people. Go, you know, hang out with your friends. For sure. Mm-hmm. I don't mean you know <laughs> get so fired from work because you're you know traveling the country the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, pick, pick a few and, and and do something. Take take care of yourself. Yep. So avoid swap meets. Man, I I end up buying more stupid airplanes that I'm not flying. But uh. <laughs> uh. I'd say go to the swap meets, but just be reasonable. Remember how much space you have at home. Yeah, yeah. I'm not reasonable. Yeah, maybe go there <laughs> for purpose. Reasonable. Like, I need this size engine for this plane. That's it. You know, I need this. I, I need this. Not like, hmm, let me see what I can get for a good price and then come home yeah. with, you know, $200 worth of junk that you didn't really need in the first place. Yep. But, yeah, what I, what I, what I did this, this year and a little bit last year, too, is actually started renting tables at the swap yeah. meets and, you know, trying to get rid of some of my stuff. That that was always the, the the big defining moment in my flying skills is the point where I actually had airplanes that I could sell off and, and they weren't being retired out of attrition. <laughs> All right. So why don't we talk about some of our New Year resolutions predictions for 2017? Okay. You know, so last year, uh, around this time, you know, we, we kind of made some things some uh statements that we wanted to achieve in this this year um past and let's see what we have here let's see how we did yeah so i guess i'll start off since my name first on this list here so i guess i I guess kevin you wrote this in you you yeah i listened to the show yep um i did it so i guess i said that i want to learn to do inverted tail down funnels um, I can do it for like a split second and they're really ugly and only one direction and only coming out from one other move. Like I can do it if I'm doing an upright funnel and then I transition to an inverted and I do like one turn and then I lose control and hit rescue. So no, I wouldn't say I've achieved that. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm going to give you the buzzer for that one. Yeah. Um, Pyro circuits or pyro circuits, I'm, I'm guessing you wanted to yes, write. that should have been pyro circuits, sorry. Uh, pyro circuits, I can... So if you took a, a, you know, a clock, right, and you lay the clock down so that, you know, the 12 is away from you, the 6 is pointing at you, I can do pyroiding circuits up to about 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so when the helicopter is kind of coming at me, it's like... You know, my instinct to live outpowers my mental capacity of saying, just keep at it. You're, the helicopter will continue doing where you want it to go. Um, I can do it sometimes. I, I can do it once in a while. They're very ugly. But, you know, doing slow pirouetting 
I can nudge the helicopter into a circuit. So I, 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 I'd say like 50% on that. I'm not, you know, it's not, it's not a, I can't, I wouldn't say I could completely do it, but I wouldn't say I, I can't either. You know, I could kind of do it. So, okay. Half, half buzzer for that. Half uh, buzzer. Six S fiberglass Vigid. That Vigid is 90% done. So, uh, so I don't know, I don't dude. Know. I, th- I think I'm still giving you the buzzer for that okay. one. Okay, I'll take it. At least the last one I can say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is quit smoking cigarettes. I did. Oh, yeah. You did a good job on that one. That's the most important one, dude. And that was from February. So, you know, come one month, it'll be a year that I've been, uh, yeah, quit smoking some cancer sticks. That's good Good for you, dude. Reinvest that money back into helicopters. I don't know where that money went. <laughs> that's that's the most important one, like I said, man. You know, it's cool. I, I do. I still save some money put aside for like that I would have spent on smoking and then. I can't like it's like in a savings account, online savings account, and then every so often I'll cash that out and buy something. So it's you know it's worth it. That's and cool. I mean not just for the health, I'm saying for financially it's also worth it. Like, so. like a trip down to OHB. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right, so Kevin, let's see what you got here. Okay, the first one I heard myself say was build a six S regular biggin. Ding ding ding. Yeah, we That's were gonna. Not- yeah, we were both gonna do. It was funny because I was like, I should build a regular one and you should do a fiberglass one. We'll both do 6S. And you were like, wait a minute. That's that's not fair. Just, <laughs> you were like, how is that fair? You know, but eh, I did it. Yeah. And it, I love it, man. It flies really well. It's, um, yep. it's pretty cool. It's like trying to tame a missile. The second one I wrote was EDF version of the FT cargo plane, <laughs> which I might as well have on a list from like 2014 i don't really even rem- i think i picked up that plane 2015 when yeah. we were at flight fest and I yeah was- my first mine and jeff's first flight fest you picked that plan up that plane sorry um you know the the pre-cut laser cut kit from flight test yep um i'm still waiting to see that and the uh the racer jeff's racer the racer yep <laughs> jeff's racer Wow. Man, for those <laughs> folks that have been with us since the beginning. <laughs> I think you're going to see Elvis before you see that, man. I don't know. Yeah, and then I wrote, uh, I think I was joking around, yeah, that I was going to join a gym and work out. Hey, I did lose like five to ten pounds. And I think yeah, that's... For other reasons, but... <laughs> because I wasn't eating for a week. So have a dentist cool. punch you in the face and you won't eat for a week, too. Yeah. That's my workout New program. program. Yep. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So Fred, did you have any, you know, that you, you know, you weren't on the show at the time, but that you might have, you know, listened to that episode, been like thinking in your head, if I had resolutions for this year, this is what I would do. Mm. In your truck, talking to the radio. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a year ago, so it's, you know, to remember what you were saying to yourself a year ago <laughs> might be difficult. I'm going to get myself as a co-host on the show. Oh, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> no i can't remember now that you're gonna hit me with that out of the blue i wasn't even thinking about it yeah it's cool if you don't have any we can no, you know no. moving I'm, forward I'm, to I'm, up with, I'm coming up with some for for next year though so you guys can you know okay. evaluate that all right so then let's uh yeah so you know we didn't we didn't accomplish all the resolutions but you know what it's better than like probably 99 percent of the world that says i'm gonna go to the gym and lose weight and 
sign up and pay for years membership of gym and never go. So True. I think we're ahead of the game in that fashion. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So New Year's resolution predictions for 2018. So for this year, I'll go first again. I'm going to learn to do inverted tail without funnels. Oh, jeez. Or, <laughs> or anything inverted at that. <laughs> I don't care. It's if it's inverted funnels or hurricanes or figure eights <laughs> or circuits. I really want to. I really need to progress on my inverted orientation. So, so now let me rephrase that. Not to do inverted funnels or anything like that, just to get my inverted orientation. I'll simplify it as I want to learn my inverted orientation without thinking about it. Make it second nature. But this one, finish my success vegan. That's definitely going to be done. You know, come springtime, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely have a niche to you know fly a plane in nice weather, and I'm gonna I'll get it finished. I really only have two things to do plus paint. So two building aspects of it, and then just the paint. So. Uh, it'll get done for sure. Um, yeah, I got to work on my my pureting circuits, get those to be more solid and more uh, in control. So I'll work on that. And also your pyro circuits, my pyro circuits, and work on and those too. <laughs> you know, and then my last thing I put is fly the other way. <laughs> so. You know, for folks that see my videos or see me fly, they, you know, what I mean by fly the other way is something I've started doing just this past month, month and a half, is I do these, you know, almost, I would say probably about 70% collective hurricanes backwards, you know, like pretty much very close to having a helicopter full knife edge and pulling heavy on the elevator, heavy on the collective, you know, and I'm whipping this thing around. But I can't transition that circuit into a figure eight. Now, I, that's what I've been trying to learn is um, I'm doing a you know counterclockwise circuit from right uh, from left to right, so it passes me in front of me, then it kind of you know it swoops around further away, and when I get back to where it you know I can transition to a figure eight, I've been practicing that. So now, if you can imagine in, um, upright backwards flying, doing Anything like coordinated turns, as Annie would say, it's uncoordinated coordinated turns or whatever. It's your <laughs> opposite rudder sticks, right? You're, you, you know, so I'm going back right counterclockwise. So I'm doing right on the aileron, um, pull, pushing forward to keep the tail up and pulling the tail around. And on my left stick, my collective or rudder stick, I'm doing left rudder. Soon as I transition, I have to transition the, the two outer sticks to being two in sticks. So now I'm doing left aileron, right rudder, and still pushing forward on the um, elevator to to transition from your, you know, from that part of the figure eight to the other part of the figure. Just like if you're doing it upright, but you just do it coordinated with upright. So right and right, left and left. This is right. now, you know, outsides of your gimbals and then inside of your gimbals. So I, I started doing it and you know, my circles on the left side are ugly. Like, they're like half the size of my circles on the right side because I just don't have the finesse yet because I haven't done it, you know, so frequently like I do with my counterclockwise backwards flying that, you know, I don't think about it. I just do it. So I'm going to work on that. So I want to be able to do figure eights, backwards flying, and then, and then of course, with that, you know, be able to do that inverted and stuff when when I get my inverted orientations out. So, so quote unquote, fly the other way. 
Mm. I can relate to that. I'm much more comfortable one way with certain things than than the other. Yep. Cool. And that's about it for me. I think, you know, I'm going to leave it to four things. I don't want to, you know, push myself too much and, and you know, come tw- at the end of 2018, like, yeah, no. Yeah, you, I got the buzzer four it. times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Kevin, what you got? What I had was I want to build another EDF flight test plane. And I think it's the X-29. What's one of the forward sweeping wings? Isn't it something yeah, like that? Yeah, X-29, um, I believe. From an X-29. Yeah. I think that's the one I want to build. That was uh, Andres. Yeah. There. They have plans for that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they have a kit out and everything. I'm I believe falling they behind so much on the flight test stuff. Yeah, me too. X-29, yes. I want to build uh, a 3D printed plane of some sort and fly that. I think that would be really cool. I, I say some sort because there are easier free planes that are on Thingiverse that are like wings. I might try one of those. I don't know. Nah, you got to go for one of them. Uh, what's that site that does the really beautiful looking ones? The one that Andre built. It's, uh, well, that's the one I bought. That's the Steerman I bought from that site. Yeah. 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 You got to build that. I got to build the Steerman. Yeah. And I think that'll be amazing, dude. Paint that and fly that. It'd be really cool. It's pretty large, too. It's clear. Use clear. I want to see that. Like, I love that you can see the uh, internal structure and just put, yeah. like, you know, paint on the wingtips and stuff. Like, so you can. Oh, no. no. What pretty. I would love to see on that is one of the clear ones, but painted right down the center. So one half is scale painted. The other one, you can see all the internals. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Okay. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And, yeah. That, that, that would be, that'd be a sharp looking design. Oh, you guys are yeah. killing me. But okay. We'll, yeah, see. What else? we'll see how much filament I have and what color it's in. I want to build a new heli kit. As I was thinking, you know, a lot of my large, everything from 380 on up, everything larger than the Oxy 3, I have bought used. I haven't actually built it, you know? So I want to build a new heli kit. I'm not sure what size I'll go with, but I want to do that this year. Just buy a 700. Yeah. And I want to meet up with Fred at one point this year and hopefully say hi. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely going to happen. Oh, and Fred's got something on his list that I might try and do, too. Yeah, so that's it for me. All right, cool. What about you, Fred? Well, um, top of the list. <laughs> and and since, since we're doing this, and you can hold me accountable now, I have a year oh, to boy. do uh-huh. my, my FPV helicopter. It's going to happen this year. Nice. I, feel, nice. I feel good about this. If I get it set up for FPV, FPV I can fly it more often. I, I want to fly it more often line of sight anyways, but I, I really need to get it up and, and fly it around. It's sitting in my little back room there looking at me every time I walk in there. Yeah, uh, we got to also get it set up so you can do some like more advanced sport flying, which is like not just oh, yeah. forward, but backwards and inverted and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that that's uh, definitely something we can put on the list. Um, yeah, because I found a, uh, a preloaded download from Spectrum that I could put into my... yeah transmitter and i, yeah, I went ahead and uploaded uh-huh. that so it's it's in there and i just got to tune the, the helicopter to it uh kind of like i was talking about earlier with the uh sailplane event i went to and a little bit with the helicopter event in panama city um, mm-hmm. but i'd like to go out and hit more of these fun flies local events and kind of play the the on-scene reporter for for you guys a little bit uh, yeah, i had fun great. i had fun doing the live feeds and sharing that 
for Facebook. So, yeah, I'd like to do more of that. Yeah, and they were awesome, man. One of the things I really want to do is put together some sort of community outreach program. You know, nothing nothing big or official, but something that I, I, I thought about that would have been fun to do is Christmas time's out. You got a lot of lost drones, lost RC planes going. <laughs> um, you know, people don't know much about the the new tech and the new hobby stuff. I, I could set up a little, you know, drone day here in my town. In my town hall, those folks would be all behind it. They're, they're great there. Um, invite some folks in and, and just kind of, you know, say, here's a tutorial. But the problem with that is if I was to do something like that and I was flying there, that's no longer considered recreational flying. Uh-oh. It's it's flying for a purpose. Oh boy! And in theory, I could get a little bit of a wrist slap on that. So the next thing on the list, something I really need to get done this year, is I need to get my part one hundred seven. Uh, that's nice. the uh, it's it's kind of known as the commercial drone license, but what it actually is is as hobbyists, we're exempt from uh, a lot of the FAA regulations. So in order to fly in any way that is other than recreational, anything other than just purely for fun. And that could be search and rescue. That could be doing a demonstration. That could be, uh, you know, wedding photos or whatever. Anything that's not purely done for recreational, you need to have your part 107 certificate. So I need to see about getting that this year. And if I'm going to get, you know, official and, 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 you know, licensed and qualified and whatnot. Uh, I noticed they, the, the FCC cracked down on Luminera this year. The Get FPV, uh, they had some lawsuits brought against them for not complying with FCC regulations on some of the stuff they're selling. Mm. So it might not be a bad idea to go ahead and get my ham radio license if they're going to be cracking down on some of that stuff. Yeah, uh, you know it shouldn't be that big deal. It's it's a technician's license. I got the books and I started studying up on it. And there's a there's a club right over the next town over. It's like, go in. They've already talked to me and said, yeah, come on in and take the test. So I, I really just need to go ahead and get myself that piece of paper, too. So, yeah, that's that's my, my list of things that you guys can buzz me on right. next, next year. year. <laughs> nice. I'd like to add one thing on mine, um, which I'm trying to do right now. But damn AMA website is, like, not letting me log in for some reason. Is, is um, Holy Huh? It saw me as a helipilot. Said so you have too many registered helicopters to join AM, <laughs> to log into AMA's website. <laughs> Which actually, did you guys notice this last uh, AMA magazine had a goblin fireball in the oh, main yeah. article? Yeah. Uh, but the thing I'm trying to do is is uh, go for my contest director. Um, oh, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because I- I'll mention this again in uh, what's new, but the third annual free forestry podcast helifest is i'm starting to work on that and let's just say it's a multi-day event this year yeah i mean excited up until you said heli (laughs) (laughs) come on come and come and fly your heli your heli small enough you can pack that in a (laughs) in a carry-on bag (laughs) yeah you know so really it'd be flight and you know you can camp or yeah i don't care you can crash in my place i don't care I have, a, I have a family room that has a door, you know, and a 70-inch TV you can sim on or watch TV on. So, yeah. Cool. I'll be right over. Yeah. Anytime. Dude, you need to come over. I know. Because I purposely, 
I Kevin, purposely... you can have a sleepover. It'd be no, so no, not cool. even that. I purposely brought my Xbox <laughs> One down here. You put a bunk bed in there, and you got so much more room for projects. <laughs> for activities. <laughs> right. No, uh, I purposely brought my Xbox One down here, so that way you can play Battlefield 1 on my big screen and fly the planes in that game. All right. Yeah, I got to stop know. by, dude. Yeah, you got to stop by hang out. And, you know? Freaking, just just have have your wife drop you off, or I'll come pick you up and then just Uber car back so you can have some drinks and we can chill. All right, but yeah, okay. So let's kind of move on now. What are our not just you know resolutions, but what are our predictions for twenty eighteen? What what kind of so someone wrote here? What tech would you like to see in this new year? I know for me, I I, I can't say it enough is just more integration. I want everything to be integrated. I want. One-stop shop. I want my transmitter to be able to program everything. I don't want to have to do nothing with the computer anymore. Um, so that's my prediction that we're going to get more uh, integration um, across the board, not just obviously for helicopters, but also for planes and, and definitely on the, the uh, multi-rotor front. I know that's going to that, – that integration. The new iX12, uh, you know, it's prime example of an Android-based – uh, radio system that you know, then you can use clean flight and beta flight and Bluetooth sync and has Wi-Fi and all this fun stuff. You know, uh, I would, I would like to see a new phone in my hands this this year, only because my phone is so old. It's like 16 gig. I can't upload anything. And, yeah, it's that's why I don't like take many pictures and upload stuff. And I don't know. I'd like to do that. But as far as RC, dude, I can't think of something. I mean, that's a great question. I'd love the integration, you know, that you were talking about earlier. I'd love to see more of that. But I was trying to think, you know, airplane-wise, what would I like to see? I don't know, man. Maybe a simpler telemetry setup for Spectrum, maybe, I'd like to see. GPS and all the planes? Because I plan on getting a Radian at least sometime in my future. And, you know, I'd like to know how high I am up and all that. Just... I don't know off the top of my head, thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think they have it already. It's just you have. It's just it's not an all-in-one kind of package, which that'd be pretty cool, right? Like an airplane package where you have your your you know barometer, GPS sensor, your airspeed sensor, your altitude sensor, all kind of built into one module that you could just plug into your telemetry receiver, or maybe just plug right into the receiver and have it. You know, talk back telemetry through your your transmission signal. You know, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, but they have that, like all individually censored. Yeah, you can get all of that right now. You can have the little beeping thing that beeps every as you go higher, or beeps a different tone as you go lower in altitude. Or you know, I mean, the quad stuff, like the GPS stuff, even olden days with the Neo Six GPS, whatever it is, you know, and the barometers and the the picks. Was it um? The Pixie or the APM boards, they had all that stuff, the altitude and all the telemetry already built in, which you can put like a plane software on there and hook it up to a plane, you know? Yeah, I'm just looking for like a simple like plug-in solution. Yeah. Um, you know, like yep. like Fred was saying earlier, you know, like the all the FPV stuff and the quad stuff has gotten so small. Like just make one module that does it all, you know? Yeah, and don't, that would be nice. Don't charge me $300 for it. Yeah, or like nickel dime you like okay, so you want this? That's forty dollars. Oh, you want this? That's thirty dollars. You want this? That's another thirty dollars. Yeah. Like just be like okay, here's sixty bucks. 
here's the one module, here's a little tube for the airspeed, here's a little thing, and then that's it. Well, like, you just hook it up. I don't know if they still have it, but Spectrum years ago had like the long range module for telemetry and the short range module. I remember when Jeff was looking at it. Well, what's the point? Well, they still have those, like the T- TM one thousand or something like that. But what's the point to the short range? I mean, if it's if it's here in front of my face, I can tell how high it is. You know, <laughs> true. I mean, I, I, I don't you- know if it was short range or long range per se, but I didn't like that you had to buy a different telemetry receiver. Like that's the part I didn't like. Well, maybe that was it. I remember. Yeah, Jeff I didn't like you had it. to buy a whole new module just just for the telemetry, not including any sensors. It's just for the to talk back to your radio. Yeah. Right. You know, so that was kind of eh, so early 2000s tech, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what about you, Fred? Uh, I'm kind of like with Steve a little bit on being able to program stuff on the radio, but not exactly what he was talking about. I fly a lot by myself. So my FPV frequencies and stuff like that, I don't care. I'm on whatever channel I want to be on. Um, but I went to hang out with some other guys and fly, you know, where they're doing the race practice. And that's a small disaster trying to figure out what channel you're on that you're not impacting someone else. I think that integrating FPV systems into your controller where you go in there, it does a scan and it finds an empty channel and it puts you on it automatically. That'd be great. How, um, about, how about to just expand on that notion of your idea? How, how about just taking FPV and making a frequency hopping, just like our transmission? Like why, why, why not just bind to your, your camera binds to your head, you know, your goggles or your transmitter, and that's it. It's binded, so now you can just, you know, you turn it on, you turn on your transmitter, it finds the perfect channel, and it keeps on hopping. So it doesn't matter if, you know, for a split second you might be on the channel with someone else. It's, you know, you won't even notice the, the drop in the feed, you know, or any type of latency. I don't know why they don't yeah, do that. I know that's the big thing is the concern about latency. Because sure. you're sending a lot more information packets through with video than you are with, you know, just control inputs, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But yeah, that, that tech is, you know, any of that where you get the high definition or the digital system versus what we're doing with the... Because, I mean, we're still running, basically, security camera technology. This is old sure. wireless security Speed camera cab. still. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still it's still the analog. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, so there's definitely room for some some potential big breakthroughs in it in the next year or so. Yeah, how about the sizes of HD um, video transmitters and receivers? Like the Connect self is really great. Picture's awesome, but it's so bulky. The racing stuff is pushing, you know, that technology, Mm -hmm. I think. And, you know, they want to see better footage coming off the the cameras live. So, yeah, we're, we're seeing, I think, you know, 2018 has potential to see some big improvements on the FPV side. Uh, the other thing is too, you know, we need to get the the regulations figured out. You know, is it legal? Isn't is it not legal? Um, is the AMA going to back it? Are they going to kind of veer off? I'm seeing some uh, pushback from some of the AMA membership about you know they they think they're getting uh, too much catering to the drone side of things. But I, I see the FPV is what's going to keep the hobby alive. It's going to grow the hobby because it's drawing the kids in that you know otherwise wouldn't have an interest. So. There's definitely that's that's I'm going to say is one of the areas big for potential improvement. Uh, I know the heli guys are probably just shaking their heads right now, saying no, no, you know, the heck with that FPV stuff. But uh, you know, it's uh, how, how many people that have converted from drones into the heli side. So, like I said, that's that's your 
your entry level. Yeah, and back and forth. I mean, yeah, you make a point. The kids are going to pick up a you know a wing or something and and fly FPV first. Yep, nine and, times out of that, ten. So as sure. that grows, there's the you know the the companies see the money that's that's potential in it. I think again, that's that's a huge huge potential market for improvement. So that that's my big prediction on tech or my hope for tech. And on the flip side of the, of what you're saying about you know the the FPV drawing in, um, you know the new next generation pilots, um, you know, and Kevin, I know for a fact loves when people who've been in the heli industry, <laughs> heli hobby, all of a sudden quit and go to the quad shit and <laughs> sell off all their stuff dirt cheap. Yes, <laughs> and then buy it up. Yeah, so that that's a plus for the true hardcore, <laughs> you know. Um, enthusiasts, right? So yeah, it doesn't mean heli guys. It could be plane folks that that like had a collection of planes, and they're like, you know what? I'm in, I'm I rather fly liner. I don't want to fly liner side anymore. I rather fly FPV and and fly either wings or quads. And sure, and now you're getting your super, you know, carbon cub Z for like a couple hundred bucks. You know, that's brand new, pretty much. Sure. Every time I have a good flight on that six ninety, I thank God for multi rotors. <laughs> because I would not have it. Yeah, yeah. Who'd you uh, buy that? From? Anthony. Anthony's hobby Anthony. shop. Yeah. Anthony, does he even fly helis anymore? Not at all. No, uh, I don't think he flew once last year. No, he said he was going to start in the fall, and now it's winter. <laughs> and when he Maybe said next that, fall is that what he said? He might have meant next fall. Yeah, yeah. he still has. He still has a seven hundred. Goblin and so are, are we gonna do else. a New Year's, New Year's prediction for him? Anthony's gonna fly more helis this year. I think Anthony's gonna sell anything that's heli related this year. That he's gonna completely get out of helicopters because he's just you know that's not what he likes anymore. He's not. All he right. doesn't have the interest. It's a nineteen. We're gonna see. All right, I'm gonna say that he will fly a helicopter at least once this year. I'm gonna stick up for him. So we'll see what okay. happens. So once this year, but is that with you like pushing him and saying, here, <laughs> fly this helicopter or is that on his own accord? Yeah, he shows up on his own accord and okay, okay. we witness him flying a helicopter. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll definitely go Facebook live for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I got to stick up for moment. the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he does it, I'm going to say, I told you so. No. <laughs> um, okay. So besides tech, what do you think? Um, I mean, you think there's going to be any other differences that that we can see in, in a coming year as far as our hobby is concerned? Um, in all I, aspects, doesn't have to be you know. Well, stuff. kind of go back to my 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 resolutions for the year. Mm-hmm. I I think we're going to see a push for more responsible pilots. Let's say so. So I I think we're going to see a push for folks that are going out and actually getting the hand license or or things like that. Um, I, I, I expect that we're going to see somebody that's, you know, either the, um, Oh, what's the name of the company? A A R R L. I think it is. It's the, the, the folks that do the hobby side of, um, amateur radio. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we might see them reach out towards, uh, drone pilots and try to get them, you know, compliant, let's say, uh, because we're, we're seeing some tech issues where some of the stuff that's being sold right now is um, interfering with medical devices and stuff. It's on, it's running on the same frequencies. And because people aren't in the radio hobby, they're just buying gear that's, you know, uses sure. radio 
agencies. They don't know what they're doing or where they're, yeah. you know, where they're potentially harming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think we might see a push from the regulatory side that that's going to drive uh, more people to, to go and get, you know, the proper certifications. Okay. Yeah. I'd love your optimistic outlook on that. Thank you. I I do <laughs> like that. Yeah, hopefully we won't see too much regulations. I think we're going to see more. I think we're going to see more. And and to your point, Fred, like, yeah, you know, to have stuff initially when, when you know, quads, multi-orders, tricopters, all that stuff, people were kind of initially getting their ham license, a tech, technician license at least, at the very um, least. But what I saw in 2017 was a big ramp up on the Part 107. When they, when they really introduced that thing, I saw a lot of my friends who – did commercial aerial photography jump on it right away? Like, oh you know, yeah, so. well they saw an immediate financial you know gain on it. But my concern yeah. is that you know the Part 107 once that gets established, well the FCC might look at it and say, hey, look at all these guys are using radio frequencies that yeah. you know they don't they're not certified to use. Yeah, five point eight uh-huh. gigahertz. You're not allowed to use that for the transmissions that we're doing now, and yeah. especially six hundred milliwatts. You're not supposed to. Oops. You know, that's 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 illegal to to blast that much. Uh, well, and six hundred is not even a lot because some people crank their shit to one watt. Yeah, you know, which you can easily do with most of the, you know, TBS transmitters and stuff. You can easily set to one watt. That's well, and, and that's just it. I'm super seeing this strong resurgence, resurgence in this push for long range flying, which didn't. It went away for a while. I mean, because when FPV first came out, that's what everyone wanted to do. Let's, oh yeah. Let's see mm-hmm. how close that horizon we can get, and um, that that was like some sort of a benchmark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really liked the freestyle and the uh, drone racing stuff that came in because that brought it closer to you know to the ground and it brought it closer to the pilot, and you weren't pushing the limits quite as much as far as the you know the stuff that's going to draw the regulation on us. Uh, and you know, apparently that's that's we're seeing a shift in that going back the other direction now. So uh you know the the new the new transmitters from Spectrum is you know TBS transmitter ready that you know for the long range stuff you can just plug it right in. Well <laughs> if you're not supposed to be flying beyond line of sight then why do you need long range stuff? But you know I don't know. Um so like I said I, I, I I'm concerned and optimistic at the same time that we might see a push on regulations that, that causes people to you know, go out and maybe pick up some of those certifications or whatever. But I also think that if there is a, a crackdown, that we'll see something that, that comes out that makes it easier for people that aren't into... I mean, you know, nobody that's doing the FPV or not a lot of them that are doing it, I don't think are really planning on putting a, a radio set in their house and putting the giant antenna out in the backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, so the full-out ham license is probably not the direction they're going to go. I, you, we might see some sort of a uh, video transmission certificate that comes out of it. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah. All right. So anything else we want to talk about that, who we want to see in 2018? Fred has a lot of good points. I'd like to see more of the trend that we're starting to see already. Uh, kind of Not to go back to your roots there, but the flight test uh, kits. You're starting mm-hmm. to see them in hobby shops now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I would love, love, love to see as a result of that is, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been into a hobby town that has the game room in the back. Yes, yes. Yep. I was actually just thinking about that when you were saying, uh, oh, man, you know. I'd love to see 
Yeah, build nights so there. Countdown places do build nights. Yep. And how cool would it be if Flight Test had a new design, not released yet? You all you know when you show up to that that store is that you're going to be one of the first people to build that plane, and and you are the first ones to find out what the new release is. Um, as as you're building it, you know, you show up, you you put your money down for the kit. You, it's a kind of a mystery thing, and then there's a you know the release information right at the at that build night. I think that would be something that would be kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. That would be cool. And with the internet, you know, and broadcasting through that, it's it's possible, definitely. You you could have Josh Bigsor, you know, do a you know live cast to the to that hobby shop or to the multiple hobby shops, and build yeah. along, you know, that first plane with it. Um, it's like sing along with Mitch Miller. You could build along with Josh Bixler. There you yeah. go. <laughs> nice. I, I think I think that would be. I would definitely think. I mean, because you're seeing it at the you know the small level with the flight test build tents. Yes. Um, yeah, the local level, right? So why not yeah. stand on that? Sure. And you know, it, it's only a plus to the hobby shops. Even if the person brought everything of their own stuff, they brought their own foam, they brought their own knives and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. There's gonna be something they're forgetting. And they're going to yep. buy from your hobby shop, or yep. if nothing else, they're in your hobby shop, so they're looking at the, the kits on the shelf as they're walking through. Right. You know, they're they're yeah. looking at that new transmitter sitting there. You know, while they they got their DXE that they just hate. Not uh, even that. I mean, if you think about it, they 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 would end up building a relationship with that hobby shop. Yes. Same as like oil. the reason why I bought this Gawi X7. I could have gotten the Gawi X7 for pretty much the same price that I got it for just online. Like, you know, buying it through my discount or whatever, or my, you know, so I didn't have to go through the hobby shop, but it was like, I don't know. I just, you know, I knew it was there and, you know, it was, there was a good reason, a good cause, you know, um, out of a bad situation for this, for this widow. So like, why not? You know, and I think that's good. Like, you, you know, that's what one of the things that we lose right now is that we're losing the relationship between the retailers and their customers. We don't have that really anymore. Well, it's all and, online, and, you know. And the and you know, I was, I was kind of smiling at the irony that um, you know when Hobby King first came out, whatever um, the Hextronics or whatever the first name mm-hmm. was was, they they were. I mean, they their intention was to shut down the local hobby shop. They wanted to undersell them and you know, and and just kind of putting the the cheap. I don't say crap, but it was kind of crappy gear out there. But you know, now that they've gotten bigger and they've developed their own lines of aircraft and they're getting a little bit more respectable and established, <laughs> you know, they're kind of feeling the pain from the little crap dealers like Banggood and Gearvest and stuff like that. It's starting to put a pinch on them. Right. Uh, sure. But to bring it back to the, the local hobby shop, you know, they gotta figure out what it is that they can offer that the online stuff can't. Personability. The fact that you can bring your stuff in there and ask the person at the counter doesn't count because they're not going to be happy about you bringing the stuff you bought online in. But if they could start doing things like build nights or repair nights or whatever, you know that brings the people into the store, and that's that's the big hurdle to get past because people aren't getting out. They can I can stay home, I can do my stuff on the internet. I don't need to leave the house. But you know if they could if they could come up with a reason to draw you into the store, that's going to be the thing that keeps them alive. Yeah, yeah, and all the yeah, hobby definitely. store would have to do is clear space and turn on a a monitor that was hooked up to the internet. Really, run a couple of Accenture cords with the uh, you know and power force on it. So yeah. yeah, the only downside I could see though is you know them 
having a problem with you cutting foam with a razor blade in their store like are they liable that kind of thing but uh i'm sure there's a way around that too you know sure you sign a waiver um yeah or you know like fred was saying that they're seeing ft planes being offered maybe you you can't bring your own foam cut it maybe you need to buy a laser cut kit already just for the safety factor that the only cuts you're doing is basically your bevel cuts right you're not doing any of the cuts so yeah. yeah, or if the hobby shop was smart, they'd have, you know, a bevel cut or a straight cut, you know, kit that's not a, you know, exacto knife. You know, something that's covered that you could just cut foam with. Yeah, or here's a, here's a sanding block. Or a sanding well, block, yeah. Got, you know, they've got those bevel cutters got those. that you yeah. put out on your 3D printer. Yeah. Sure, so. sure. yeah. 3D print a dozen of them, and then boom, here you go. You got your... I you know? think that's a, a really good idea because then it's, I think the hobby shop's main problem is nobody comes into the store and they, you you yeah. would like you would have a reason to come in like Fred's yep. saying you know get and, an exclusive. If you think about it, you know some of these people might be you know first time or new pilots, and if if they're building a a store loyalty because it's in their mind for the rest of their lives, it was that store that got them in the hobby. It was that store that that, that helped them. Person. Yep. That got them past that, you know, first hard hurdle. Um, then you're building that, you're establishing that loyalty with the customer that you're not getting now. Yes. Yep. Totally. Yep. Um, and you know, I know a lot of people who are store owners and stuff. They're like, yeah, I, and I've heard it. Like, you buy something online, and then they you go to the store and ask for help. They're kind of apprehensive about it. I think that's a bad. I don't think that's the correct way of thinking about it. Like, fine, you bought it online, but. You know, maybe maybe you charge them for like if you're fixing something for them, but you help them, and that way they can come to you, and then you just you know, then they can like you can build that relationship. It's it's all about the human factor that people don't understand. Um, you know, like it's and I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna I, use the I, word I, I'm gonna I use the word it's the plankers it's the plankers because it's <laughs> the old guys that own these oh, hobby God. shops that don't think that you know they need to like help anyone that doesn't spend money there because at the end of the day they might not have spent the money initially there but if you're a good person and you you know you want to like i don't know if you know and like you get help from someone you'll buy stuff like me and this hobby shop that i go to all the time i don't have to buy anything because i get everything at his price but i go there and i'm like randomly like what do i need what can i buy you know because i know it's not just for me but it's helping him out it's helping the store out it's helping his business stay in business um, plus like, you know, I, I chat with him for a couple hours and, you know, we talk shop and I don't get that from an online shop. I can't go to, you know, heli direct or a main and be like, I mean, I guess I could chat with someone, but you know, yeah, yeah. but I'm not like in that, that FaceTime, you know? Um, and like, so what? Okay. I bought this tool for 20 bucks when I can get it online for 10. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what the saving 10 bucks when I spend an hour, you know, shooting shit, having a laugh with this guy, you know? I'll tell you, my guy local here, he's just the same exact price as Horizon on a lot of his stuff. You about yeah. Kenville guy? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. But, you know, to him, it's a business. We're looking at it from the point of view that we're hobbyists, and that would be awesome to have a hobby store. Like, I know he doesn't fly at all anymore, yeah, and anymore, I know the right? other hobby store that I knew of uh, in the area was owned by a woman, and she had no interest in a hobby at all either. It was just a business to them. So, you know, you know. Maybe they look at it like that too, you know. Yeah, but then they're in it for the wrong. I don't know. I, I feel like they're in the wrong business. 
Well, you know how life works. Sure. Yeah. All right. So is there anything else we want to talk about for for 2018 before we move on? No. Okay. News and announcements. News and announcements. Ah, finally. All right. <laughs> All right. So we I, I what do we have here? We have a new podcast to tell what? people about. We, we do. What? Yes. Oh, not about. us, but not to, us. So now. Yeah. Yeah. What do we got? It's um it's a new podcast, Fred, and it's about helicopters. Oh. Sorry. And well, it's called the uh, what is it called? Telerotor Podcast? Telerotor Podcast, yes. And it's and our, they haven't explained what or why it's called that. They said they'll explain it. It's a story and they'll explain it next episode. So so they did an episode zero, um a quick introduction to to I guess why who's doing the podcast and why, I guess. Okay. I, mean, I I listened to it. It was only like a twelve minute um short little thing. But um yeah, it's our and we know all these guys. <laughs> yeah, I didn't so get a chance friend, to listen to it yet. Yeah, it's our friends, uh, uh, Michael Shaggy Parker, right? He was on the show. Yep. Yep. Uh, Mike DePaulo, he's one of Rob's friends, uh, Synergy Team Pilot. And Rob DeFoe Monty. So Rob Monty, who's also a Synergy Pilot, who does a lot of Urcha stuff. He's, uh, he's an ambassador for Urcha, and he does um, the competition stuff, you know. Nice. Nationals and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, they're they're coming up with a new podcast. It's not going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a, the frequency of their show. I think they said it was going to be like once a month to to put out a show. Okay, um, but yeah, it should be interesting. You know, all three of those guys have uh, tons of experience in the hobby, so you know they should have good. You know, they should have some good stuff to talk about. So yeah, yeah, definitely get a l- listen. Um, they their podcast is. Uh, using our same, uh, what do you call it, hosting. Uh, so it's gonna be it's on Podbean.com. Podbean. So you could go there and get that, get our podcast, and get the RC Ellie Hooligans podcast. And I think the FT Community Cast is also Podbean now too, right? Yep. Yeah. So it seems like a a lot of our RC podcast buddies are are all on the, the Podbean. So so definitely go check them out. Give them some love. Check them out. Yeah. Hey, Kevin. What's going on, man? Nothing, man. I'm freezing my butt off up here. Well, you know what? There's an event in February that you can go that would fix that right up. Really? What event is that? It's the fabulous Las Vegas Fun Fly. It's a manufacturer fun fly held in February 23rd through the 25th of this year, 2018, at the Bennett Field in Las Vegas. All right. I heard some of the uh, top manufacturers are going to be there. Yeah, you got that right. Here's a quick rundown of the sponsors, which is quite an impressive list. The gold sponsors are Align, Diablo, Peak Aircraft, Algawi Helicopters, Mikado USA, MSH USA, SAB USA, Empire Hobby, BK Designs, A-Main, VP Powermaster Fuel, Enterprise Hobbies, Hobby Wing North America, AlignTRexStore.com, Las Vegas Soaring Club, Urcha, The Brain 2 Flybrawlers, VTX Blades, XL Power, Oxy Helicopters, and Always Keep Flying Group. For silver sponsors, it's quite an impressive list too. So you got B-Sex, you got Cyclone, you got Scorpion, Perfect Regulators, Lore Heli, Futaba, Gen 8, YS Motors, Next Stim, Team Ninja, you know, Joe Reyes and Travis. Yeah. Uh, 
Free Forestry Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we're even a silver sponsor for them. Micro Heli, Castle, ESEs and Motors, Leveland, Johnson Designs, KBDD, High on Helis, Friendly Hobbies, Only Fine Helis, RC Heli Hooligans Podcast. Our nice. There, and Bavarian Demon. That is quite a list. That is a list. No Walkera? No, Walkera couldn't make it this year. <laughs> so what about Pro Pilots? Our buddy Kyle Stacy going to be there? Yeah, Kyle Stacy and many, many more. Alan Zabel Jr., Line. We got Jason Bell from A-Main, Ken and Co. from Align. Nick Maxwell for Futaba, Kyle Stacy for BTA Design, Jesse Cavro for MSH and Brain2, uh, Bert Camera uh, from BK Design is going to be there, Colin Bell from Align, Alex Rose, which is MSH and Brain2, Ben Storick, Align, JC Zenko from Empire Hobby slash Gowie, Kyle Dahl representing Mikado USA and BTX, we got CJ Jenkins from Align, uh, remember that kid from Australia? Reese Wyatt from Align, he's, uh, he's out there too. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think he's like 12 years old or something like that, and he's an amazing pilot. Khan Pooney in true free foresty fashion. I'm going to butcher some names. Uh, from XL Power, <laughs> uh, we got Derek Chekas from Align, Mark Meeks from Align, Mark uh, Blasdale from A Main Hobbies, Danny Huckabay from Align, Justin Taylor for Oxy, who also is Takumi Helicopter. Right. George Brown from Align, and then Donnie Pesci. Yeah, he's uh, Empire Hobbies Gawi. Uh, he's a young one, too. I think he's only about 16 or 17. I think I remember, I follow him on Facebook, and he got a, uh, I remember he, he got excited because he got his driver's license, I think, recently. Oh, so. jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. And those are the team pilots scheduled to attend. I mean, that's not including all the other pilots that are going to make their way out there that are you know, reps and team pilots for, for these companies too. So it should be pretty insane fun fly. That's awesome, man. That's a, a hell of a list of pilots. You want to hear something even more impressive than that? Oh, man. They'll have over $10,000 of giveaway. Holy cow. Like, I mean, it's Vegas, right? Yeah. So they got to go big, right? I mean. And that's a great field. I've been out to that field just mm-hmm. on a regular, you know, vacation and gone out to meet a couple guys just to I, hang out at an event that they had locally there and it was great everybody was great i had a great time and uh nice it's a, it's a really nice field yeah and i think in february the weather's going to be like pretty much spot on and perfect out yeah, there it's going to be awesome so there is a 40 dollars pilot registration fee and it does come with a t-shirt and a complimentary pilot's dinner i don't know i mean you've been to vegas a couple times i've been to vegas a couple times and um you could spend 40 dollars leaving the airplane <laughs> $40 is not much in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a three-day event, that's nothing. That's awesome. So go to fabulouslasvegas.com and get the full details there. Nice. So do we have any other news or announcements? No. Okay, then. What's next for you in the hobby? What's next for me? I want to do some simming, and I want to fly some, and I want to fix my Oxy 255, and I want to get over this cold. <laughs> And I want a hamburger and a hot dog and french fries. And ketchup. I want a cheeseburger. Cool. <laughs> and no ketchup. Uh. <laughs> Let's see. For me, I do want a sim because I'm freezing, man. Like I'm the, I bought like five heaters for the garage already, like five different heaters <laughs> to try out. It's, it's just freaking cold. It's the battle royale of the heaters. Freaking cold as hell. So I have one heater that works really well now. It's like... um. It's quote unquote a sun radiating heater. So, like, it doesn't have a fan, but it just radiates heat so much it just moves heat towards you. So, I just 
I put it like it's, right in front of me, and it just I get blasted with heat. It's great. You orbit so around it. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, I, I I was writing this list, and I was like, damn, I got a lot of shit to fix. <laughs> so yeah, Oxy Four Maiden. I need to f- fix my Gaui X7. I need to fix my Oxy Three Stretch, and I need to fix my Oxy Two. My Oxy Two um has a bent spindle, and they're out of stock of the spindle on link, so oh. I gotta get that. So remember when we were flying, I would I would like do like a hard collective move and just wobble like crazy. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. This the spindle's bent on that. I need to I need to get that fixed. So so yeah, that's on the thing. Um, next thing I want to do is once the Gaui X7 is kind of back in the air and I'm able to push it and, and have fun flying it. I'm going to decommission, not decommission, but I'm going to put my Goblin Black Thunder under maintenance. It's going to be a complete teardown. I'm going to check all the bearings. I'm going to replace the, the head dampers with those are worn and just give it a good overhaul, you know, cleaning all the bolts, rebuilding the whole heli. So maybe take like a month to do it. Um, mainly just because, I bought the heli used. It didn't have a lot of flights on it, and I rebuilt it. But, you know, that was like a year ago now. And I have well over 100 flights on there with, with, without doing any maintenance on it at all. So, I, you know, it's, it's due time before, you know, knock on wood, I fly it and, and something does fail on me that I do some preventive maintenance on it first. So, cool. so that's going to be uh, on, the, on the plate of things to do. That's a good idea. Fred, what me? you got? Uh, I want to do more of my little whoop videos. Uh, so I, I've got this format I'm trying out, and it's been fun so far. I, I go to a different spot, and I do an intro where I talk about the location, maybe give a little details about it, kind of like a travel vlog. And then yeah. I fly the quadcopter somewhere there. Um, you know, and, and kind of it's, it's you know, you're seeing a lot more of the little tiny whoops and the people take them. But the you see the same flying videos over and over and over again where the people go out and they do all their stunts around some, you know, I don't know, they could just kind of get boring watching those. So I want to try to mix the two of them, you know, give, give a little story behind wherever it is I'm flying and then, you know, get some flying in there. Well, I uh, have to say your last video, um, uh, yeah, the one where you, you dumped the, the, the spring the in the water in the springs. Yeah. Dude, the, the beginning part was fantastic. I really enjoyed the, your, your the way you edit it, the way you like click click, you know, like you close your you, know, you close your truck, take a couple yeah. steps. It's like the, the the way you cinematography that was was freaking amazing. It was great work. So, um, yeah, producing videos like that is great. The only thing is the tiny whoop video sucks. Oh, I like, know the quality no, of it. It's so. I need to figure out what I'm going to do with that. As yeah, that. and and these are kind of like. The trial versions, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to figure out what what's going to make for a fun, you know, addition to the to the video. But yeah, I did have fun trying to do the edit up for the. Uh, yeah, for the, you did a great job on that. That was amazing. I, I thought it was so well done. It, it really, you know, it was, it was the Wilford really for it. Pitt and Pittsford. Oops, that video. The and what? Wilford Pitts. Wilford and Pitts. Oh, okay. uh, it's the name of the two springs that yeah. I did the plan at. Okay. And I mean, but it was great. Like I, I really enjoyed that type of uh you know, editing and stuff like that. It was it was good work. Cool. So we'll keep that up. I need to build my FT two ten. That's my that's my basically my camera platform. And something I did I did my first uh my own design for the three D printer to print out 
and believe it or not, it worked. Um, I'm not going to say exactly what it was, but it ended up being a, uh, a threaded item that screwed into something else. And so, uh, that, the fact that I'm able to print out two different pieces that have thread on them and when it's done printing, I can screw the two things together and they fit no problem. That just amazed me. That, that was, that blew me away. So that's definitely some potential for the 3d printer to start making some custom parts. Like my FT gremlin, I really don't like the way the battery sits on it. So eventually I'm going to print a battery holder that will fit on the bottom of it that the battery just slides into instead of trying to do the band across with the, the O-ring or whatever. Yeah. That'd be nice. It slides in there, but also like maybe the base flares out. So it has like a, a nice flat platform to sit on instead of like, well, you put on the battery that. and it kind of rocks over to one side. It rocks and, over on those screw heads. Yeah. Yeah. I can never get my, the battery flush because of those screw heads. Yep. So what I want to do is, the um the plate that I'm going to put in there will have recessed holes right where the screw heads are, and that's just you know pops right on. Nice, cool. So yeah, I need to practice with my Fusion 360 software that I'm using for drafting up my 3D designs, and that's it. That's that's my next in the hobby. Cool. All right, let's uh let's wrap it up then. All right. Wrap. wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh? What? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so, I mean, it's been a pretty slow week on Facebook as far as likes. We are at 733 likes. It says plus three this week, but we've been away for three weeks, so I'm yeah. going to just go and see what the, um, what was the last name that I read off? Frank okay, Mordedios. So, <laughs> no, no, I think it was, it's- I remember Andrew Latch, Rob Brenowitz, Chloe, did I do Chloe Allison Prince? I think um, so, yeah, yeah, I think so. In a miniature aircraft, mini air. So I, I'm gonna go from here. So this is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Wait, but Justin Taylor? Do we say Justin Taylor? I don't know. I don't know. All right, so I'm gonna do this. Uh, what did I say? One, two, three, four, five, eleven. Six, eleven. Okay, so we have Satna Singh, Jeff Raker. Oh, this one's gonna be funny. Um. Why, why be, why be, Bartolink, Bartolink, W I E B E, and then Bart, Bartolink, uh, Justin Taylor, Takumi Y K Tatum. Nice. So that's Yuri. That's uh, the owner of owner and designer of Takumi helicopters. Uh, Yuri Tatum. Uh, Jason Peterson, John Hawk. Oh, this could be a nice, funny one too. Um. Ale, Ale, Tisio, El Marchison, Ale, Ale, T I C C I O, E L M A R C H E S A N, Ale, Tisio, El Marchison. I don't know. Um, another one here. Let's see. Gia, Gia Nadirashivili. Oh my God. <laughs> G I A, Gia. N A D I R A S H V I L I Nadir Rashivili. Thanks, Jim. Okay. Uh, Shannon Mike Gladden. And then Koi Trash. No, Koi Thrash. Sorry. 
T H R A S like thrash, like skateboarding back in the day. Like thrash metal. Thrash metal, yes. Which also I used to get told it was trash metal. <laughs> so I can see where you made that mistake. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks everyone for liking our page and yeah, supporting us. Okay, Facebook wait, comments. Wait, oh, yeah, I had Facebook. something to say. Oh. Well, um, I think there was somebody that was saying something about uh how much more helpful Fred is than uh, someone else. Than me? Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a comment on there. Did that one get read? Oh, uh, now we're we're gonna pause. I have to go dig it up. <laughs> I was only joking. Were they really saying that you're more helpful than I am? Yes. Nice. Because I'm no right. help. I'm, I'm no help to myself. I should say I can't help myself. <laughs> where, where was that? Let's see. Uh, Kamar Simmons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Shout yeah. Fred for making that quick shopping list for a budget tiny whoop. Yeah, which is awesome. That's I'll awesome. be placing that order soon to keep my hands busy this winter. I think he is definitely better than Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And yeah. so I, I approve this message. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that may have been coerced a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I may have I may have told him to say that. And you see, I didn't lose my my rag or anything like that, as Gordon Ramsay <laughs> would say. I didn't lose it. No, I think I said, no, Fred is definitely more helpful than I am. Yeah, no, it was funny because uh, I was out there. Uh-huh. Um, he started shooting me some text messages wanting to know about, you know, the, the tiny whoop parts and uh i had already listed them so i was able to direct them to that um but uh i did a, a video i think i posted on the free fall rc page is the uh the little the 1s battery charger um you know you can charge up to six at a time and yep. i think it's pretty impressive what what you can do with that little i mean because i was doing parallel boards with it before right off my regular charger and they didn't. That didn't seem to be putting a good charge into the batteries. This thing works awesome. My batteries are doing much better now than than ever before. So I, I blame uh, Kamar for for making me do that video because he was asking me about the chargers and stuff like that too. So nice, nice. All right. So that's uh, Facebook comments. <laughs> that's all we have. Um, yeah, I'm, dude, I'm sure there's a lot more. <laughs> that Fred's better than that's Kevin. The one I cared about because I said that Fred was better than Kevin. Sure. All, right. All right, let's so move it on. Website th- comments. That's enough. <laughs> um, website comments. We got a, a happy Christmas uh, wish from Javier. That was about it, man. Uh, he said, hi, guys. Tried to Skype. Steve uh, can't do Kevin, so I don't have the info. Just wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yep. I just saw that so, message today. So I thanks, that. Javier. Yep. Thanks, Javier. Hope you and your family had a great Christmas and, uh, and an awesome Happy New Year. And happy cool. New Year! All right, yeah. uh, people of Podbean. Okay, people of Podbean. There was quite a bit of activity. GFIL guest liked episode fifty-five. Happy New Year! Um, hopefully, he realized that was last year and wasn't <laughs> looking for this year. But I think he got it straight. Uh, Fury ninety liked episode one hundred four. Takumi helicopters with Justin Taylor. BVGHJ, our buddy Jericho Byrne from Texas, he liked episode 101, 102, 103, and 104. So thanks, Jerry. Um, Gil Radomski liked episode 103. OHB with Bert. Um, Daryl RC liked episode 92. Kevin and Planks. We got them all over the place this, this go round, man. Uh, DF Thorpe liked episode 105 with Andy Ross. Peter Dak 
001 started following us and element andy 88 started following us and also liked episode 68 customize part one nice. so thanks everybody cool to, to you know get new um comments and likes and stuff for like episodes that are you know i mean 60 and that's that's pretty far back there so yeah, that's almost a awesome. year ago yeah cool all right uh, itunes review uh, i saw nothing new in itunes all right, drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash freefallrcpodcast. Check out our webpage, freefallrcpodcast.com. Say hi to Chris Rybert. Hi, Chris Rybert. What's up, Chris? Fred's on mute. <laughs> I said hi, Chris. Uh, flight Test Forums, Off the Field, audio and video production, other than Flight Test Podcast, Free4RC Podcast, sitting next to our friends, the FT Community Cast. Hey, Patch Old Mike. I don't like <laughs> rcheliHangouts.com forum under RC Heli Hangouts main section, podcast corner, and free for RC podcast next to the RC Heli Hooligans podcast. Hey, Walt and Ed. Hi, Ed Walt. <laughs> and I got to give a shout out to Chris and the crew from RC After Hours. I enjoyed yes. their, their show this weekend. Yes. I, I was in for a little bit while I uh, had some time. Check it out. Um, dude, their setup is really sweet. Yeah. You know, it's really nice. I, I like it. I enjoy it. And how they have like Andre in the big screen right next to them, like right between Mike and, and Chris. It's real cool. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, man. It good is. production work. All of it. And, and I was kind of impressed that they got their 14 million view, views. <laughs> Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. The uh, the strangest thing is caught on, on, uh, quad, on multi-rotors or something. And Mike in the Bigfoot suit was... Like the yes. first one they went to, I think, right? Yes, yes. And that video has like 14 million views. Wait, what video? The video of Mike that the, Chad Capper did, yeah, with the with David's like, you know, tricopter years and years ago. What's the name of that video? Because I I know they talk about it, and I've never seen it. And I want to. Well, there's a guy who analyzed the entire video, and he is uh, what is it, Fred Thinker Thunker or something like that? Yes, like that. Um. Let's see. He, uh, he analyzed the entire yeah, and then this is some new one that most took, impressive Bigfoot ever. Is it that? Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. I know yeah, I saw I the video it. and I was like, "How did they even tell it was Bigfoot?" Because it was like just like yeah. a blob, you know. It was really hard to see. Yeah, In fact, I didn't. I didn't really. I don't think I caught it the first time. Chad had sent me the the video. He didn't tell me what it was. Just said, "Just take a look at this." But I guess there's yeah. some mystique behind the whole area that they're filming in in ohio that like there have been bigfoot sightings in that area so chad kind of played off that you know chad man he's a genius dude so he like played off all of that and so that guy went on a big like 20 minute analyzation of the video and then i guess that video got into like another video which is top 10 you know strangest things caught with a multi-rotor or something and Dude, they were just, they were howling. They were laughing so hard about it. And it's got like 14 million views. It's, it's insane. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Check and out. Mike's the first one. Mike in the Bigfoot suit. That poor guy had to roll around in the mud and the dirt. <laughs> yeah, you got to check it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Send me a link if you have it. If not, I'll, I'll try okay. to look. Well, thanks to all the listeners. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, you know, Fred. Let's let's have a great 2018 year. Yeah. So happy New Year again to everyone. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>
see you. Yeah. Bye. See you, Fred. Bye. Yeah. Whoop. So where is this big switch video? I need to find this thing. Uh, I'll have to find it, dude. I'm sure I can find it. Well, I'm looking at...